You're listening to EVH Gear TV, brought to you by Design 39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones, and official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. Now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH Gear artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday, Brown 2, part 2 of 2 of a doubleheader weekend at EVH Gear TV, and we are live, and I'm joined by Rich Antonelli. Rich, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, I finally got to do this. I know. We've been talking about it for quite some time. Yeah. And I got to get you on my podcast, too, at some point. Do a crossover. That'll be fun. Do you, do you find it's weird when you do other people's shows? Like, I did one recently. I was a guest on a show over in Australia. It was an audio show. And yep. I, I was just, like, so out of my element. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like that today a little yeah, bit? Yeah, a little bit. And with the podcast, as, as we'll get to, um, I've been on a hiatus. So it's been a while since I've gotten to, you know, interact with somebody else on here mm-hmm. rather than doing my, my uh, you know, YouTube videos and stuff like that. So this is cool. Get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it, it's fun. And, and I do a little bit of audio podcasting as well, too. Um, and yeah. I find, and because you do both, you do the audio podcast and you do your video things, it's a really different mindset you have to kind of throw yourself into each time too. You're not showing visuals and you got, I'm one of these guys that talks with my hands a lot and I'm showing people things when yep. they can't actually see. I'm it. Italian. Yeah. I'm Italian, so I'm always, yeah. you know, moving around. I fidget too. So if you see me like fall off the chair, that's... Yeah. That's just me uh, being an Italian, so. Yeah, and I have French, Canadian, and me, and the French people talk with their hands a lot too, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. We, that's another thing we share in common anyways. Yeah. I love it. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about a whole bunch of good stuff today. We're going to talk about your, your tribute band. We're going to talk about your NAM trip, which we're going to get into right off the hop. Uh, mm-hmm. be obviously, a lot of Line 6 discussion and everything in between. And, of course, we can't uh, let you go without talking about some Van Halen. And you're going right. to share with us some things that you've just discovered in a move recently too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yep. So we'll say hi to a couple of quick people here as they're starting to come in and get in their seats uh, and comfy for the afternoon. So thank you, everyone, for popping in on this uh, lovely Sunday afternoon. Uh, James Poulin is here, a Canadian buddy here for a long time. Frank Rashad is here, one of our mutual friends. Always a pleasure to have Frank uh, in the chat. Uh, the guy just never stops consuming yeah, his own Frank, company's Frank's work. Yeah, Frank's my guy. <laughs> What's up, Frank? Him. Nice to have you. Mark Taylor's here as well, my beautiful better half, Poison Ivy. Uh, Jason Sedites. Do you pronounce his name Sedites? Or is, it, is, is that right? Sedites? I'm not sure. I, yeah, that's that's the way I would uh, I would probably interpret it. Yeah, I said so I'm going to say Sedites, and do, you want to have to really, ask him. You want to know a really <laughs> cool fact I just discovered about him the other day? So I added him as a friend on Facebook. He was kind enough to accept. And so you know, he everyone talks about him, you know, in all his patches, and he's really really good at what he does. Amazing. I watched a good video he did the other day on the um, Jakey Lee Bark at the Moon, one of my favorite solos. Yep. Uh, yep. Amazing on that. I downloaded his patch. We just discovered. He says, well, "Would you mind if I asked you in uh, what part of Ontario you live in?" And I told him, "We're like thirty. We live about thirty-five minutes away from each other." Oh wow! Can you believe that? So well, the, I gotta, was like, "You gotta get hooked up now." Guaranteed. You gotta... <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do something together. Just a little video or something. We haven't really ironed anything out, but we've said we want to do something this year. As soon as the spring's here and the weather's good, because us yep. here in Canada, the weather can be bad for travel. So we'll do that for sure. So awesome! Nice. nice for, uh, thank you for tuning in, Jason. Uh, Mike Francis is saying, "Hey, okay, Rich, access." Uh, hey, Rich, how about them Bruins? Mike's a good guy. Yep. Yes, he is, Mike. He's sharing our content like crazy. Yep. Mac Tech, who's my brother, uh, he says, the French talk with their hands, Eric. Yes, they certainly do. Um, let me see here. Larry's in the house. Uh, Frank and Boys and Ivy. Okay, so let's jump right into it. You recently just got back. Uh, everyone's just kind of recuperating now from NAM, and Frank had yep. some of the NAM Thrax. You were able to escape it, I think. 
Tell us about your yeah, team. Yeah, you know, knock on wood so far, and I'll do two kinds of wood yeah, just I do that to, too. to keep it away from me. But, uh, yeah, I and everybody kept saying that to me. And, you know, you, you're going to get sick. You're going to get sick. And uh, so far, you know what the key is? It, it, this may sound, I don't know if other people take it, but I started taking, um, beginning of January, I started taking elderberry. Okay. Just like chewable elderberry. You can find them in Target and it's supposed to help with your immune system. So I started uh, loading up on that stuff. And Beforehand, that's good. So far, so good. It probably has nothing to do with it, but yeah, uh, that helps. I like to think it helps. People Where people go wrong, and there, here's a product I used to take a lot too is uh, echinacea. I'm not sure how, how it works anymore, but it's another thing too. It kind of uh, builds up the immune system for colds and flu and things like that. And where people go wrong a lot of times with these products is they take it once they feel the symptoms and they're getting sick. You, you gotta you gotta build the immune system before you. Yeah, you it. gotta take it for a while. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. for sure. So let's tell us a story about you talked about this on your podcast, but tell people that didn't maybe you didn't catch it. You're leading up to the uh, trip to Nam. You're gonna have some friends join you and just scheduling conflicts. You made it there and tell us uh, kind of give us a whole summary of the trip. Yeah, so I had a, a friend of mine that we had planned this. This was a bucket list thing, and you know I had never been to Nam before, and uh, always wanted to go. So we finally said, "All right, this year we're going. We don't care what it costs." You know, I'm I'm in Rhode Island, so we have to fly cross country, and uh, I booked everything uh, probably you know seven months prior, uh, hotel flight and everything. Did my own. I was supposed to share a room with him, so we we got a decent hotel. Uh, so that, you know, cutting the cost in half, it was going to be, it wasn't going to be too bad. Mm-hmm. So probably a couple of months before he had to back out because of just different reasons. And uh, I tried to get a couple other people to go, which it was just too close, you know, for them to, with work. And, uh, so I, I just made the decision. I said, you know what, my stuff is booked. I'm, I'm not missing out. I'll, I'll fly cross country by myself. I'll go. I, I had a suite, I had a two bed, uh, bedroom suite with, uh, you know, a kitchen, everything in, oh, this, in this hotel by myself. And, uh, but I, I had mentioned that the toughest part for me was the time change. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm usually up five thirty, six o'clock, seven days a week here, Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, just that's my, my body clock just gets me up. I don't use any alarms or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I have, I have two kids and I have a dog that wakes me up. It has to go out. So in, uh, Anaheim, it was four o'clock. Anaheim time and I was I was like wide-eyed open like wide awake at 4 a.m. all four days that I was there five days <laughs> I was there and just staring at this thing and nothing is open so I you know breakfast at the hotel was at six thirty-seven. so I had to basically just lay there for three hours and you know twiddle my thumbs waiting to get breakfast and uh, get the day started I by 10 o'clock you know it, it felt like afternoon to me that's oh, when yeah. Nam would open the doors and I you know just that wait was that was a little bit of a struggle, and then at night, you know, eight o'clock at night, where it's eleven o'clock here, I was beat. I was done, you know, and I, I didn't want to do anything except just lay down. I'm getting old. Oh, that's I, <laughs> yeah, you and I are the same age, pretty much too. And and yeah. that's the thing, it can. It was your first NAM. It was my first NAM in 2017, and that alone um, is is an experience. It should almost have NAM training, I think, for us rookies. Because it's a lot to consume and your mind is yeah. overload and the volume levels, it's constant blah, 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 all day long. I, I I really didn't really play anything. That's how it was just too much. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and, and anytime I wanted to try to play something, it was just too many people. Yeah, you had to wait. To play. So yeah. I just kind of, first time, I and I plan to go again um, after going, you know, once. Uh, 
So I just tried to just, like you said, just take in everything mm-hmm. um, as much as I could. I I went all three levels in that building. They added another section, on like another building that's attached to the convention center this year. Okay. So there was another whole couple of levels. So I went through the whole thing and, uh, more than a few times during the three days that I was able to go in. And um, I just wanted to see everything. Like the cool stuff like in the, in the basement was like the weird instruments. That was pretty cool. Well, that's neat. It, yeah, it was. Uh, so ne- next time I go, I'll know, you know, I'm prepared now. Yeah. Uh, did you make like a like obviously your first time there? Did you make any uh, notes like what I did when I went is I went on the NAM, uh, you know, website and you can see all the exhibitors and I actually printed off the list. And I actually because some people I had appointments with but other people. Well, they have there. an app now. There's an app. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. An app. So I, I, I went on there and I, you know, I, I checked off what I really wanted to see. That's and cool. if there were any, uh, you know, rock stars. Um, doing anything, I would, I would see where they were going to be and what times. A lot of them, you know, the times conflicted with each other. So I yeah. had to choose, well, do I want to see this guy or do I want to see that guy? Yeah. So it, it was, but the app was a big help, definitely a big help. Um, so yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't really write anything down. I would just said, I said, you know what? I'm not going to get too crazy with this. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go. I'm going to walk wherever my feet take me in, in that place. And that's going to be it. I'm just going to go and just do it. One of the things I learned from last year is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the idea is from Henning Pauly when he was here. We got to meet each other for the first time. We're kind of fans of each other, and uh, he was he had a nice video rig, and I had a very nice video rig, and he was he's running around with a dolly on the bottom of his tripod, and I'm like, oh, dude, like he's he's literally pushing his thing, and I'm carrying this thing is about 45, 50 pounds when it's you know all set up, and one arm usually. So at the end of the day, my arm was just like this, you know, it was dead, completely dead. And the miles you put on your body, if you're walking with one of those, uh, you know, pedometers, whatever you call them. Well, I have an Apple watch. Oh, so I was doing like, uh, 25, 30,000 steps a day, (laughs) which is, you know, I usually, my average day go anywhere from 10 to 15. Okay. So I was adding another, another 10. 15 yeah. on top of that you don't realize it because you're in a building you don't think you're walking that no. far but it's massive but yeah the, that building is big massive it's it's about the size of uh, of some small canadian cities yeah <laughs> it's quite it's big but island <laughs> yeah there you go well wh- while you're there I, you talked in the podcast about some of the cool things you you discovered and i know we share an admiration for a lot of them but something you, uh, i caught wind of was this miking system for speakers now yeah. tell us about that one i want to say hi to those guys too because they were uh, simon rich and uh lars mm-hmm. uh they, it was just i'm walking you know walking down towards the back uh the first floor and um you know they got the smaller boots they got your giant plate things like fender and evh and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that but they had the, they had the smaller boots and just happened to walk by and one of the guys you know, saw me walking by and said hi. I started talking to him. I gave him a CD. I had a bunch of my CDs with Good. me and a uh, business card for the podcast. So I didn't quite know. I saw the, the name. It said Sam Systems. And I actually have a uh, their card here. Sam Systems. Okay. And they were, they're from the UK. And they had this thing called the Integral Miking System. Um, and... I wasn't quite like it, it didn't really make any sense to me because I didn't I didn't really see anything. Well, the only thing I saw is they had boxes of them, and on the box it had it, it looked like a steering wheel. And I said this on the podcast, it looked like an actual car steering wheel. It was round, mm-hmm. um, and then you know I had a piece that went across the middle, and it had a big almost like where the horn would be right, right. in the middle. You know, you beep the horn. Yeah. So I started talking to them, and they kind of uh, started explaining what it did. And Lars had a guitar on, and he 
put the guitar on me and he's like, I will let you try this out. I said, well, you know, exactly what is, what is this thing? What am I, what am I listening for? He goes, well, this is just a different way to mic a cabinet, um, without having to put an actual mic in front of the cabinet on a stand, trying to find, you know, moving around, get the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. I said, all right. So he had a little orange amp combo, you know, a little one speaker. I don't know if it was a 10 or a 12 inch, but this thing does come in, depending on the speaker that you're using, it comes in a 10 inch or a 12 inch. Okay. And he had me on the dirty channel for us here. He's like, all right, give me a strat. Just play something. So I just played some chords and uh, it came out of the combo. I said, yeah, it sounds like an orange amp. So I, I still didn't really know what was going on at right. that point. And he said, okay, now hold on a second. And they had, uh, they had a small mixer and I could see there were cables run into it. Then you had it look like one of those Bose uh, PA sticks, you know, the big oh, yeah, columns in speakers. That's nice. So he he said, play again. I started playing and he started turning up on the mixer, the channel, and I could hear what I was hearing in the combo started coming out of the Bose. And it was, I then I said this on the podcast, I keep repeating myself here, but it, the clearest guitar sound, other than like a modeler going direct. Right. Um, the clearest mic guitar sound I'd, I'd ever heard come out of, P, of a PA type speaker. And what really blew me away is like he said, all right, now we're going to do the clean channel. When he put the clean channel on, I mean, I, I'd never heard a clean sound like that before coming through a PA mm -hmm. um, through a real amp. Not, you know, again, not a modeler because um, modelers take away all the, you know, the extra stuff. So what this thing is, this steering wheel, you you take whatever cabinet you have. I have, you know, behind me there's a 412 Marshall. I got some 212s. Depending on what you have, open back, close back. You take the back of your cabinet off. You find what I say you have a you know favorite speaker in there. You take that out. You put this steering wheel looking thin thing in there, and all the holes are lined up to where the screws go. Then you put the speaker back. So you're not seeing this thing at all. Okay, um, I got gotcha. you. It's inside the cabinet. It gets mounted. The speaker goes back, and you screw it back in. So it's on the front of the speaker, um, and that middle thing that looks like a horn is a cardioid mic, and it's slightly off center, off axis. Okay. And I guess they found um, through trial and error, they found where to put it for like to get the best sound out of your speaker cone. So you put that, you hook it all back up, and it's just one little cable that runs. And if you have an open back, you can. It just has the end of it is an XLR. So you just plug an XLR cable into your sound guy. Yeah, a couple and boom, done. Go, the mic sends it right out to the PA, or you could. Uh, they told me I have one coming and I'm going to do a video on it at some point. Uh, they told me like my Marshall 412, I could, instead of drilling a hole through the back of the, you know, the closed back, mm -hmm. I could actually go through the, the handle, the plastic handles. Oh yeah. Drill through there and they have an attachment that goes there and, you know, it'll, there won't be any holes or anything, any, any air getting in there. So you'll have the, the XLR right on where the, the side of the, the handle you know, your, your, your handle is, and you just plug it in there. And if you ever wanted, so, if, if if the day ever come and you wanted to get rid of the system, you could always pop on a regular handle back in place, and you're back to normal. Right. You just, I mean, just to order a, a handle part is yeah, cheap. Not gonna, in, instead of ordering a full back. I know. Yeah. So. Well, that's wicked. Yeah. I like so I, I have one coming. It's it's going through customs right now. I've been tracking it. So when I get it, I'll do like an unboxing video, and and I'll, I might even show myself putting it. 
you know, installing it in there. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Film it and maybe you might not even use it, but film it just in case. It'd be really cool. I've done that sometimes. Yeah. You kick yourself in right. the butt. You wish you would have done things like that. So that's yep. cool. I'm looking forward to finding out more about it. It sounded really exciting in the podcast and I could only yeah, hear about it's, it. Yeah, it's like I said, out of everything that I saw there, that it was the one thing that was a little different, but it could be really, really cool for, you know, even sound guys. It doesn't have to be a guitar player that buys it. It could be just a sound guy that has his own PA system that lugs that around mm-hmm. and doesn't want to, you know, have to say a guitar band, a band has three guitar players and he doesn't want to put three different mics on. He's already got these things inside the cabinet. Yeah. He just has to plug into them. Yeah, imagine the rental. Rental guys would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just you, you, yeah, give that for backlines. You just plug into that, and it. And the the cool thing about it is that that you know when you put a mic on the front of a cabinet, you're you're gonna pick up outside noise mm-hmm. off that mic. This is inside the cabinet, so close to that speaker that it's not gonna pick up anything. It's not really picking up anything. So think- that the sound was just like crystal clear. I think a lot of bands really? where they're on get, trying to get on stage and off off stage fast, like for bands that are on the circuit uh, opening for people. If you're like an opening act in a lot of places, that's a godsend. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, roll that cabinet on stage, carry it on stage, whatever. Drop it down. Sound man comes up, plugs in an XLR, and, and you are done in seconds. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. What else? Well, what else did you see? That's there? like the. In, not only am I looking forward to that. Now you, I have to thank you for uh, hooking me up with Pedal Snake. Yes. Um. So I had actually I think it's coming tomorrow. Good. Like my my system's coming tomorrow, which I can't really use it yet because I have other pieces that need to be uh, that need to come in for mm-hmm. my new board. I'm I'm setting up a smaller, uh, more efficient board for uh, just using with my amp. I have the Helix, the Line Six Helix, where if I w- want to do a show where it's a smaller stage and I need to run direct, mm-hmm. but the bigger stages we play, I like to I like to you know put the amp behind me with a 412. So sure. I'm making a smaller board just for the effects for that. Now with the pedal snake, did you go? Did you go custom, or was it one of the base snakes? Uh, I it was a I, I did the twenty four foot. Mm-hmm. Um, he had you know I went through the whole questionnaire, and I think I drove him crazy. Yeah, because uh, I'm not used to thinking that way. It makes you learn you know, your rig, doesn't it? But he was uh, uh, Jody was great. Jody at Pedal Snake. Um, say hi to him if he's. I, I told him you know about the show today. He'll see this. Uh, He'll see it. So yeah, you know I'm, I ordered the Strymon, uh, the R thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the twenty four volt. The whole thing, the whole shebang. So nice. It's, it's going to be nice just to have that one cable running from the back of the amp to I, the front. I've been really preaching the uh, the pedal snake for obviously for years. I've been with them for about fifteen years, and it's as vital to me, honestly, as my guitar. It's that important. And someone the other day in some of our various Line Six um, Facebook groups that we all belong to, someone yep. was talking about. I think it was the HX Effects. And someone was saying, you know, what cables do you use for uh, for running? You know, for for cable method and stuff like that. And people were commenting on some hoses. And I even I have a my helix hooked up to the board right now with a hose up, but in a lot of cases here in the studio as well too, um, I use I like I've got three pedal snakes and one of them I'm actually using now for the four cable method on the HX effects. Uh, what we haven't done yet is uh, we this hasn't been confirmed to necessarily work or not yet. But I was talking to Eric Klein about um, the voltage that it requires. Like I think it's like two amp or something like that. And um, Jody was saying that there's possibilities that with uh, using two two outputs, I think uh, from the Strymon unit. Well, that's what I did. Yeah. 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 That's what he told me to do. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, then, oh, yeah, it will. If he's told you then, then it will for sure. Yeah. He won't say yes if it doesn't for sure. So that's awesome. And that's that's what's just so nice. Like the first, what I told people using, and this is, I didn't mean to get off on the topic of Pedal Snake, but it's worthwhile saying. um, 
it really cleans up your rig first and foremost. And cleanliness is nice too, because you're not worrying about, okay, is this cable going to fail? Am I going to trip? Blah, blah, blah. So you've got sends and returns and all kinds of extra stuff, wireless signals, uh, voltage through the pedal snake. But back when I was running uh, my main rig, when it was the 100 watt that's behind me, um, and I'm running a bunch of, you know, physical hard, uh, you know, physical pedals, I was getting a lot of noise. And it's because I had different voltages running here and there. And we went with a regulated power supply. Um, and his goal was, he says, within a year, Eric, I'm going to get you to take that darn noise suppressor off your board. It's still on the board, but it's only there for a battery like tester. It. It's yeah. just a battery tester. That's all it is. And he's pretty happy that his system was able to quiet it down. So that's awesome. And the Line 6 people, take a look at that. You guys are using Line 6 products, especially like the HX effects or the Helix. Yep. If you're doing like 4K method and things like that, and you want some extra lines at your board, pedalsnake.com. And uh, what uh, Rich was talking about with this, this questionnaire, there's a rig questionnaire. And just when you think you know your rig, uh, all of you guys, I'm sure you think you know your rig. And I thought I knew, we thought we knew our rigs. And when someone starts to make you analyze it, you're like, I don't know my rig. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he was, he was, I thought, I, I felt like if it was me, I was on the other end, I, I would want to slap me. Because <laughs> the, 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 we were going back and forth. And, you know, he was like, you just need to tell me, I just need to know the audio cables. Yeah. Because I was telling him everything. I said, this is plugged into this. This yeah. is going this way. And this is going up upstairs. And this is, you know, and, you know, but he was, he was cool. And, uh, should have it tomorrow. Oh, that's so. great. I can't wait. Yeah. Do an unboxing or something like that. That'd be great to see. I'm really yep. excited. That's good. I'm happy for you. What else did you, uh, did you do any uh, other touristy things while you're in California? Yeah. I, I, uh, I got there. It started, it started on Thursday mm-hmm. and I got there on Wednesday morning. It's funny. Cause I left, I left Providence, Rhode Island at 5 30 AM and flying across country. I went from Providence to Detroit and to Detroit right to Anaheim, but it's, it was only 1030 out there, 1030 AM because of the time change. So yeah. I ended up getting, uh, they have like a twilight ticket at Disney. Okay. So I, <laughs> I went to Disneyland alone. I don't care, but, um, now I can say I've been there. I, and I had, I was telling, I've been telling people, I'm like, you know, if you haven't been to Disney world in Orlando, then Disneyland is probably really cool. But if you've been to Disney world, Disneyland is like a just like a big amusement park. Okay. It's not. It's to it's it's as far as the size. It's it's just not doesn't even compare. So what I was told out there was uh, that when Walt Disney first built that, he um you know he built it and then he had his vision got bigger and bigger, but he couldn't expand it because there was nowhere there was no land. Right. And you know there was houses and everything around there. So that's when he went to florida and bought you know pretty much bought all of orlando oh wow and uh yeah because even even like um like if you have been cinderella's castle uh in orlando it's majestic i mean it looks like it looks like a real castle in disneyland in in anaheim it just looks like someone's house (laughs) you know and it just looks like it has a you know they just put a top on it. Yeah. It just, yeah. It didn't compare. But I, I, I lasted two hours in in Disneyland. I, I was like, I got to get out of here. I can't. This, it's just. I went. Out, I went to the all, all the Star Wars stuff and got my kids some stuff, and then I was out of there. Yeah. Just to I say just you did it. Kinda. Like, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was bored. Yeah. So I was. I was also excited about Nam too. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah you want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. While we're on the so, topic of Disney, one of the this is a useless fact for the day, but I watch some of these cool videos. I don't know how I get down these rabbit holes on YouTube. But some of the behind the scenes things and the uh, the architecture of some of the the buildings there. Like I've been to, I think I've been to the gate. 
of the one in Orlando. I was there with the company I used to work years ago. I was down there in Florida, and I, you know, we're right, right there. Uh, obviously, haven't been to the one in California, but right across the road, practically. But the uh, the architecture, they do a lot of weird forced perspective stuff. So you're talking like the the, the top of the castle. It's only yeah, like about this yeah. tall, but it's like way up, so it looks smaller. You know, yeah. it's, that's kind of neat. You know, the pr- yeah, perspective. Yeah, they, they, I mean, the stuff they think of is it's incredible. Um, and then it, they just make it look better than it actually is. Yeah. Like you get up close to some of that stuff, you're like, yeah, that doesn't look too good. But yeah, from a distance, away, like, that thing looks awesome. Yeah, you know? that's right. I can jump back to the chat for a second, say hi to a few more folks when we come back. Um, before we get into your tribute band, we'll just maybe give us a little bit of a backstory on yourself when you got into yeah. guitar and things like that. So we can prepare for that one. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Clipper is here saying, hi, y'all. Jason Sedites is saying, looking forward to getting together and working on something, Eric. Great to be here. Th- nice to have you. Blimpus Videos, happy Sunday, guys. Uh, Jason uh, equaling our, our excitement to have Frank uh, joining us. Terry's GG&Gs it says, I made it. Uh, Cutter Savage, what's up, everyone? Hey, Cutter, I was rocking your Cutter Savage t-shirt all day yesterday. That's a go-to in the house. Uh, Mike Francis says, hey, Frank, Dirty Apes. Um, uh, Mike Francis wishing my better half uh, uh, well wishes. Uh, Steve Segura is here. Segura, I hope I got that right. Quentin James is here. I scroll too fast, so I try to catch up with everybody. Uh, let me see here. Dad Rock 80 says, afternoon, everyone. That means you too, Poison Ivy. Always good to make it. Nice to have you. And um, yeah, Poison Ivy says, I'd rather go to a county fair, much less walking and better and cheaper food. That's true. Some good home yeah. cooked food as opposed to like, you know, $9 glass of root beer, you yeah. know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Quentin says Disney World was epic. Um, uh, and uh, Rich, or Axis says, Rich, send me a Dell's. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, Dell, Dell's Lemonade. Okay. Dell's Lemonade. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. Uh, it's a Rhode Island thing, okay. but it's, it's good. Okay. Nice. So if you ever come down this way, we'll try a Dell's. Okay. Well, for sure. So let's go. Let's jump into the uh, kind of the education process of guitar. When did you start, and maybe share a little bit about uh, what's taken you from you know a young kid getting to guitar and where you are today? Well, what's funny is uh, this whole Van Halen thing. Um, similar story. I actually started on drums. Okay. And I took I probably you know eleven twelve years old took some lessons and I was I would think I was getting decent. I was getting pretty good and. Um, I was kind of sheltered, so I, I, I never heard. I had never heard of Van Halen back then. I'd never heard Eruption, any of that stuff. So when I, the first time I really heard Van Halen was with with Fifty One Fifty, and that just, that's what blew my mind. Um, I started, you know, watching more, and I, I had to watch them and and listen to, and I went back to the old stuff, and that's when I said, you know what, the hell with these drums. <laughs> I just I, I taught myself guitar. Oh, first I started teaching myself piano. Um, just you know, no, didn't take any lessons. Same thing with guitar. I never took lessons. I just started watching videos and and uh, figuring you know, seeing where their finger. When I used to play drums, I was in a garage. Everybody's been in a garage band mm-hmm. with you know friends from school and high school. We had a really good guitar, good guitar player. And I while I was playing the drums, I would just watch you know. Not thinking I was going to play guitar someday. I would just watch his fingers, Mental where notes. his fingers, how the shapes, and so that kind of jump started um, myself teaching myself guitar. Uh, piano was a little different. I had to like really figure that out. And I mean, I can play piano and keyboards, but I'm you know I can't do any classical like Beethoven right. stuff like that. I, I could play Van Halen. That's cool. Yeah, some chords. <laughs> um, you know, some Journey stuff, Billy Joel. But I can't you know I can't go crazy with it. But uh. So that's that's what happened. I, I I got 
get rid of the drums and got a, I think it was like a $50 court electric guitar. And uh, the first song I, I taught myself, well, you know, pretty much anybody can play it, is the opening riff to Alone Again by Dawkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's you know, because you just, you, you just have to fret one note. Yeah. You just hit the open. So I was like, <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like, I'm actually making, you know, sounds like music. And that's rewarding to so, you, isn't it? When you hear something that you can play and someone recognizes right. it. Right. And then on the keyboard, it was jump. Like, when I figured out how to play jump, I'm like, that sounds like, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. So that that really pushed me to keep going and, and uh, you know, try to further my playing. Now, do you remember ha- showing your one of your friends the first time, have a friend come over, look, I can play this on the guitar, I can play this on the yeah, keyboard? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Pete in the high school, he had a, they had a piano in his house, and not, I don't think any of his family played, but they had a piano. So I, I would just go over there and just... Noodle. I was over there every day, and I was playing his piano, and that's, you know, getting better and better. And uh, I would show him some stuff, too, so... And you just picked up one, didn't you, at the house? Yeah, I just got a. Uh, it was one of those. I don't know if you've heard of Craigslist. Oh yeah, it's Craigslist. kind of it's kind of the American so, version of our yeah, PGG. It, and uh, so they they have a bunch of free pianos. People have to move and they can't take them with them. So they're like, you have to come pick it up. So I found one, and it, all it all it needs is a little bit of a tuning. There's one key that's really out, but the rest of it was good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sand it and restain it and all that. So, but it's I've been playing, you know, <laughs> for the last probably four or five days. I've been playing like an hour a day. That's good. Just remembering, remembering how to play. I've been playing, you know, like Dreams and uh, Love Walks In and uh, stuff like that. So it's it's coming back. That's nice. You, you could always stuff, once it's know. done and refurbished, contact your local music yeah. guys and get a tuner out there. It probably wouldn't be too expensive. Probably like my fifty, right. sixty bucks, a hundred bucks or something maybe. I don't know what they right. charge, but I'm yeah. sure it's reasonable. I don't know, but the piano is free, so yeah. whatever it takes to get it to get it going. Did um, you have to get a buddy and to it help you? it sounds good as it is right now. You know, the only thing that stinks is the the one key that's really, really out of tune is the D below middle C. Oh, you and need it. That's used, I use that key a lot. Sure. So I have to try to adjust and go down to the lower one. Yeah. You know, because every time I hit that, it's like, oh, it's cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Cringe when you hear. And especially if you're playing for somebody, too, you're probably just playing for yourself at the moment. But if you're playing for somebody. Well, no, we had we had people over last oh, night no. and uh, I'm playing and then it's <laughs> <laughs> I hit that. I hit the note and, and all their faces kind of like, yeah. you know, you should say to people, uh, do you have any favorite songs in the key of F? You know, <laughs> like I can't play anything in the key of D. I just don't like D. It's a very sad key for me and I don't want to go. You don't want to go there. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Um, but t- so when did you discover uh, tribute bands? Like, uh, how long have you been doing uh, Bon Jersey? And tell us a little bit about that group. All right. So, I, I only did a ri- original music for the longest time. I was mm-hmm. in a band called Sky High. We did the whole. I don't know if you, you've heard of Paris Records. No, I don't um, think I've heard of that. Well, they 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 did a lot of like '80s bands and okay. uh, and, but a lot of bands that never really made it you know, to the major labels, they were a really small, small independent that would distribute your CDs overseas and stuff like that. So I, I did that for the longest time with that band. And, I, and actually on my website, there's, um, there's sound samples of the songs that we used to do in that band. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I was always against cover bands and tribute bands. I, it was weird because I, I was like, ah, you got to write your own music. You know, what are you playing? I, I, I'll never be caught dead in a tribute band. So <laughs> years later, um, still doing Sky High and a friend of mine, bass player friend of mine says, hey, do you know any Bon Jovi? 
I so I know like bits and pieces of you know I know the intro to Wanted Dead or Alive. Everybody knows how to play that, and I know um, you know I know songs like Living on a Prayer. I said, why? He said, well, there's a tribute band here, and they need a guitar player this week. Oh boy, for a gig, they guitar. Something happened with their guitar player. He went to jail, or something. I don't know what happened. Something That's happened. Not good. Yeah, something not good. So I'm like, well, you know. When do I need to know these songs? Like he said, like it was a Monday. And he said Friday night they have a gig at <laughs> a big club. I said, well, how many songs are there? He said there's 17. I said, well, give me the list. So I I learned 17 songs. Like I was like just sitting there for hours on end, um, you know. And you you know like you give love a bad name. You you've heard them a million times, so you you're already familiar with them. Yeah. So it's just a matter of learning the uh, the parts. So I went down to one rehearsal. I actually had a 5150 combo at the time, brought that down, and uh, we whacked it right out, the 17 songs at that rehearsal. And I played the show, and then I ended up playing probably another five or six shows. Now, they had already gotten a replacement for the guy that had to go away, but he was still learning songs. Mm. So they had promised him the position. So I, I did like five or six more shows until he was ready to play those 17 songs that I learned in a week. And uh, so while doing that, I, I was like, you know, this is actually kind of fun. You know, remembering all the stuff that I, I was like against to- tribute bands and cover bands. So it was actually kind of fun. I had fun doing it. So I put together um, with the guys from Sky High and a, a couple extra guys, a band called Crush, which was another with Bon Jovi tribute, but it was more of a Bon Jovi cover band it wasn't really like we weren't going for the look we weren't going for the stage and all that stuff we were just playing the music yeah so i put that together we did that for a couple of years we just played small clubs around rhode island and uh my current band bon jersey used to be called jovi just jovi okay and my keyboard player from crush had been talking to their guitar player and they ended up needing a guitar player to fill in for something so i ended up going and filling in for them. They were called Jovi at the time. And shortly after that, I was in the band. Uh, it just, it just worked out. You know, it just, uh, they liked it. My playing, they liked, they thought I fit really well. I don't remember exactly what happened with the, the guy before me. Um, I, I, I know him. He was a good guy. And, uh, but I think I just fit more what they were looking to do. Uh, as far as go, taking the band to another, uh, you know, another, another level. So the, now the reason for the name change from Jovi to Bon Jersey, as we started playing more, we started playing bigger and better places. The name was getting out more. And all of a sudden, and I was running the website. I took over the website and I still run it today. I got an overnight letter from L.A. from a trademark attorney, Season Desist, wow. for using the name Jovi. Um. And they had used that name for, I don't know, five, six years before that no, with no issues. But I think because we were starting to get more of a name, uh, they said we were confusing people that people would think we were Bon Jovi, uh, which, you know, people are going to a small club. It's not going to be Bon Jovi playing there. It's, no. it's, a, it's a tribute band. Okay. So we want to show what to do. I had a friend who was a lawyer and he's looking at it. So he started the contact with the, uh, the trademark attorney. And uh, our drummer, Ross, actually got in touch with John Bon Jovi's brother, Matt, and told him about it. I don't know if it was through Twitter or, you know, one of the online things. And 
And Matt took it to the band, and they had no idea that the attorney was coming after us. Same thing as Metallica. Yeah. So Matt came back and said, you know what? It's just a name. It's not worth fighting it. Just change your name. He goes, but the best thing that happened about this, he goes, now my brother knows about you guys. So we were trying to come up with names, and Joe, our singer, and I were on the phone one day, and we both kind of – it was weird. We both came up with, with Bon Jersey like almost the exact same time. We were like, what can we, what can we do? Because there was already bands like Bad Medicine and you know all the song titles, and Runaway, uh, these days like album titles. We didn't want to do something like that. Like that. So we just said, all right, well, Bond. And they're from New Jersey, Bond Jersey. A lot of people think we're from New Jersey, but we're not. I like that. I like that name. It's, it's it really it rolls off yeah. the tongue. And that's the thing too. Yeah. Is here in Canada, the same thing happened with Metallica. And a lot of times, you know, people get mad at these bands. I'm, pr- I'm sure there's some people getting mad. Like some of your fans were probably mad at Bon Jovi. And in this case, it was uh, just down the road, right up around Jason's area, um, a Canadian band called Sandman. Really, really good uh, Metallica tribute. And they got scrutinized. Um, and uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. apparently. Um, uh, so there again, too, the, the law firm just contacts them. And the law firms are thinking, okay, hey, I'm going to impress my client by, you know, filing a lawsuit to protect, right? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, Metallica, I've, I've, several of the guys, I think it was James and Kirk, actually called the guys in the band uh, yeah. down in London and like, hey, you guys are officially sanctioned by us. You do a great job. All this kind of cool, cool stuff. So that was very nice to hear. But it sucks when that happens. Yeah. And I, we're not the only band they went after. There was a, a band of girls. Hmm. Um, called Blonde Jovi. Well, that's neat. Out in LA, and I guess they got the cease and desist. And I don't, I don't know what happened to them. I think they just stopped because I never heard of them again. Yeah. But we, we were like, you know what? And they, they made us. We had to sign something where we couldn't use that the name Jovi in anything. If we wanted to sell merchandise, we couldn't. Um, we can't put Bon Jovi tribute band, even though it's a tribute band. We can't put those two words in there. And when we, t- when we went back to them with Bon Jersey. They tried to say no to that. Mm. Not not Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was great yep. through the whole thing. It was the, the attorneys. They tried to say no to that. And my my friend, the lawyer, said, well, first of all, Bon is a French word meaning mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't do anything about that. And Jersey is a geographic location, so you can't stop that. So they were like, all right, so that's fine. So as long as we sign the thing saying we can't put Bon Jovi on anything, which we never really did anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's been fine. That that was like I don't know how many years ago. I've been in the band 12, 12 years now, I think. So and that happened about maybe four four years into it. So since then, it's been no problems. Now, can you? So if you build at a at a club, um, can they say Bon Jovi is going to be here tonight? Uh, tribute to Bon Jovi. They can't say that. Yeah, a club can do it. Like, but we can't sell anything as gotcha. far as like we make t-shirts we can't say we can put bon jersey on it but we can't put bon jersey bon jovi tribute yeah there you go so you're which i've yourself. seen other bands still do it yeah and i getting called on it but i don't know i, I don't care it's, yeah i like that you're, you're doing your own thing and it, it's it's actually a blessing because now you get to have your own brand i know you're still right. um you know uh playing their music but it's your brand you know, right. everybody has a different yep. brand. And and here's well, let's jump right into this because it was a question I had later on in the itinerary, but it, it's very fitting right now. When I had on uh, Mrs. Smith, a funny entertainer, the other night on Friday, uh, we got, strange enough, we got down the rabbit hole of tribute bands. And she was saying, you know, uh, you know how if you're going to do it, and, and I was saying this as well too, if you're going to do the tribute thing, you got to do it right. And you, you got to go wholehearted into it. And it's hard these days because there's so many. Like you and I, we like Van Halen a lot, and there's a million Van Halen tribute oh, yeah. bands. Back when I was doing it, there was in Canada, there might have been five across Canada. 
You know, that's not a lot. At least ones that were the ones that were, you'd hear the names, you'd know who the band was. Now there's probably five in Southwestern Ontario, you know, so that goes to show you. Um, And where some people go wrong is, you nailed it when you said you were covering Bon Jovi's material at one time and then you made a tribute band. There's a big difference. Right. Right. What are your thoughts as far as, Number one, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back even further. I think when the band got you, that was a blessing in two ways. Because number one, you got the chops and stuff like that. This is first and foremost, but you bring the look too, because you do have you can do the Richie. You look like Richie. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's weird because I haven't done anything like that's. This is just the way. Yeah, I've you. always worn my hair like this, and he just happens to you know he changed his hair his hairstyle you know into the 90s, and my hair was already like that. Yeah. So and then another funny thing is my name is Rich. So yeah. when we're on stage, Joe, our singer, will say, you know, he'll call me Richie yeah. on stage. And then after, and, it, and this has happened, I mean, if I had a dime every time this has been asked after a show, you know, by fans. So they'll come up and say hi, take pictures. And so what's your real name? <laughs> and I'll be like, it's Rich. No, 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 not the, not the stage name. Yeah. What's your actual name? And I say, it's Rich. They don't believe me a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've shown them my license. <laughs> It's on the license. My name is Rich, so I, it just, just kind of worked out that way, you so know. I th- maybe it's easier to say um, Richie Sambora does a really good Rich Antonelli. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you met him in your travels? No, we haven't met. I haven't met any of the guys. Actually, well, just Phil X. Yeah. Recently yeah. at, at Nam. And that's that's cool. I know you're trying to to speak with him to get him on the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah, so, he said he he was interested, but now it's like. He, I gave him a CD and uh, gave him the business card, and he did that little show tag for mm-hmm. me. And um, but now it's like I've been trying to get in touch. I've I've emailed him, and I the guy's just busy. Yeah, you know, yeah especially know. with Bon Jovi going back out. So if anybody out there has a way to get a hold of Phil X, <laughs> let me know. Yeah, because he'll remember me. Believe me. Yeah, he will. I'm sure. Now is um is he considered a is he considered a, is he a contract? Uh, maybe it's nothing we should discuss. But He's in he, the band now. He, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. He's an official member now, which is, which is, which is fine. You know, yeah, that's he's, great. he's playing with them, put him in the band. Yeah. yeah. Now, did I see somewhere on the internet where they're talking about, um, the hall of fame appearances and stuff like that, that him and Richie will uh, perform? Yeah. And, and, uh, Alec too, the original bass player. Okay. Uh, he's, yeah, they're at Richie and Alec are at least from what I'm reading is they're at least going to show up, you know, and get inducted, uh, but, and they've been invited to play. So hopefully they play the original band. That'd be That'd be a cool thing to see because it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, is another question I had for you as well too. As far as like Richie and doing the tribute thing and things like that, a lot of bands when they get into the tributes, they'll do it for one of a couple reasons. One, um, you know, it's it can be not always. Um, it can be a, a somewhat of a lucrative. I shouldn't say lucrative, but it can be a nice side gig, or sometimes a, a, a full time job. Uh, so there's yeah. some money options there as well if you're doing it right. Um, but number two, a lot of reasons why people get into it is just like, you know, let's say I like Eddie Van Halen. I want to be in a copy band because I love Eddie Van Halen. So people do it for the passion. Sometimes these guys don't even like the artist, but they just, it's a good gravy gig for them. Um, how do, how do you approach it yourself? Like, were you always a Richie fan back in the day, uh, other than the Van Halen thing? Like, did it, did it entice you that way? Not at first because I, back then I was, I was into the heavier stuff. I like Dio and White Snake and, um, and stuff like that, uh, but once I, I did that fill-in gig and started learning the songs and started listening more and like really, really listening, um, the songwriting is what got me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't deny I don't care what people say. 
everybody likes a Bon Jovi song. I don't care if you got you, you're a thrash maniac or you like you know you know, Lawrence Welk. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes a Bon Jovi. You you'll know it when it comes on the radio. So just uh, the songwriting part of it. And when he plays, when Richie plays, um, he doesn't overdo it. I agree you know? with that. I agree with that. Like I love you know guys like Ingve Mom's even great, but I can't I can't listen to it too long because it's just it's too much too much too much overplaying uh which is great you know he's one of the best just, but i i prefer a song uh in a melody over fast you know oh i agree 100 percent um yeah. if you ever watched that one video um with eddie van halen uh, there was a, i forget the name of it what was it called again too where uh, paul Schaefer was hosting it the certain benefit why does it slip my mind oh oh uh not a bridge street benefit um I, I might have it over here. Yeah, I've got it on. on <laughs> We've been talking about earlier about yeah, all the VHS, the VHS as well. tapes I, that I found. But he's on there with uh, the on stage at one time. There's like obviously uh, Paul Schaefer, there's Cheryl Crow, I think, uh, Richie Sambora, yeah. and Eddie. And Eddie a couple of times uh, was uh, leaning over, looking at Richie as he's playing, and he's kind of he's he's you know he's giving him the nod of approval. You know, yeah. and Richie was just in his in his zone and uh, playing the you know patented Strat, and it was it was cool, and you, you could see the respect between the two guys. Right, I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, and Eddie's the same way. I mean, Eddie plays fast, but when he plays fast, there's a melody in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not just I'm going to play every single note in the scale in every position all the way up the neck and then come back. You know, he he's got some of the most melodic. Um, that's why when when Sammy joined, that's when, like I said earlier, when that first hit me, it it was it it was his guitar playing in the tone, but it was it was just the the songs mm-hmm. the. Uh, the choruses, the big choruses. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a sucker for a big chorus. Oh, for sure. Well, with Sammy's Sammy's vocal lines, uh, the melody there, you could hum those, and you could also hum uh, when Eddie started to transition a little bit more into songs, as opposed to um, I never want to use the word shred because he doesn't shred. Yeah. But right. um, but you could also hum his guitar solos. You could hum a, a melody, or you could hum the guitar solo. They're that memorable, right. and they're that you know uh, identified. If that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, you know it's you know it's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Let's jump back He's to the a, chat for a quick it, second. Sure. Uh, so Mike Francis was just heading out. Dan Wilhite is here as well. Uh, Chad Boston, our friend. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, Chad. Yeah, nice to have Chad join in. Um, let me see here. Richard Henry is here as well, too, saying, hey, folks. I know this is good uh, doing these afternoon shows because Richard's uh, across. Yeah, he's uh, over. Yeah, in uh, Ireland, right? Am I right in Ireland, I think? Um, yeah, he's, he's somewhere over there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's late it's later, so this works out really well for having people tune in in the other time zones, and that's why I'm looking forward to my new show that's coming. It's going to be a good time like that too. Uh, yep. Terry's uh, Terry says uh, Blonde Jovi. It's clever, like Iron Maidens. Exactly. It's a very cool name. Right. Cameron Cooper's here. Cameron's coming on the show very soon too. And cool. yeah, um, the, uh, Cameron Cooper. Have you seen him play? No, the, I, the name sounds familiar, but okay. I haven't. No. Later on, check him out for sure. Trust me. He's coming on the show here in a couple of weeks. And he had a really, really cool opportunity to happen to him recently. And you can imagine if this was you. Let's say you're at a Bon Jovi concert, right? And uh, Phil X sees you. You know, he sees you at NAMM, whatever, remembers you. And he's, hey, gives you the nod. Come out and play a song. Uh, Cameron got to go on stage and just literally tear it up with Steel Panther. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Cool. And uh, it like it just it really, really cool. And there's a little funny thing. He says, uh, uh, Satchel, the guitar player, you know, as um, as uh, he hands his guitar back to me, he's going to get off the stage. And I hope I'm saying this right, because I never can retell jokes ever, but I'll do my best. And he goes, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot, man, to Satchel. Like, you're you're my you're my hero. And and, uh, and, he, and Satchel goes, of course I am. <laughs> like this, I, I'm just laughing. But yeah, Cameron, it's good to have you, man. 
my brother Larry says, great interview. Thank you. Um, and Lawrence Walk, that's funny. That's the thing. We Some of us go from Lawrence Walk to some, you know, I grew up listening to Lawrence Walk. We did, Larry, and, as, as well. Burl Ives, um, you know, Bing Crosby. I've heard it all. Elvis, I've... yeah, yeah. Uh, Habs 247. Barry Manilow. Oh, yeah. My mom had it all. She, was, she used to love all yep, those guys. My mother, too. She was, like, literally in love with them, you know? Uh, it's crazy. Um, Dean Martin. Habs 247 says, late but here. And thank you. Habs is a recent new subscriber. I think he came in on the Mrs. Smith episode, I think. Um, and that was a really funny episode. That was crazy. Yeah. Was I good. started watching it. It. She can play, man. Can she ever play? Man. Uh, and Fred says, don't let Yngwie's, uh overplaying uh, fool you. He can play guitar really well. I'm sure he can. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear him. I, well, I've seen, yeah, I've seen him play, like, play, like, without going... 2000 miles an hour mm-hmm. um, he's got feel he's got everything it's just that it's just overload for my you know for me yeah. personal there's I, nothing wrong with it nope just, i'm sure i just prefer more melodic, slower bluesy you know more melodic stuff i'm sure probably you as a younger late like a probably a late teen uh you know oh, that's all i wanted to do yeah that's all i wanted to do was play fast i think yeah, i think me that. too I, mean, I think we really wanted to prove something back then and when you start right. to realize that it's you know it's less is less can be more, let the song breathe a little bit, um, yep. you know, and maybe some songs don't even have a guitar solo. I've I've done that in a, in a few times. It's like yep. I don't find a need to say something here. Right. Yeah. Very very cool. And speaking of uh, recordings, I was listening to your record again today too, Voiceless. And um, the question I have for you is one of the tracks, at least one. I caught the talk box on there and I know like, you know, the talk box has been a predominant thing with certain people, you know, everybody from Peter Frampton to, you know, a lot, lots of people, but, and you know, a lot of people may think, and, and I'm thinking this as well too. So you're using it in a Bon Jovi tribute. Was it, was it the Bon Jovi thing that inspired you to do it? Cause you're using it now. And I thought maybe this will fit nice in a song or is it something you've always wanted to do? No, it's pretty much, I've been using it for years mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the tribute. I, I got a good handle on it. I know how it works. I know, you know, how to do it. I've heard other guys um, in other tribute bands use a talk box and it doesn't, they're doing something wrong. Something doesn't sound right. Okay. Or in some instances, they, the, the tube is, is like too wide and okay. they can't control the sound of it. Um, but yeah, it, it just seemed a couple of the songs uh, just seemed like when I was recording, I was like, this, it might fit, you know, so I, I just added it in. And I, that, that reminds me, I want to, um, for your uh, viewers, subscribers, or whatever, if anybody wants to email me, just go through my site. I think you have the links. In, um, yep, all below. three. Yep. Uh, email me. I will send you a free download of the album nice. if you want it. Nice. So just either go to the richardantonelli.com or the rockadadpodcast.com and just send me an email through there and I'll, I'll hook you guys up. Oh, that'd be great. It's a really good record. And I made a special note of the one, the song I liked a lot. Um, just, I mean, I like all of them, but the one that really stood up was Breeze song. Am I, is that, am I saying it right? Breeze? Breeze? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, there's Breeze song. There's Hannah's song. Those mm-hmm. are my daughters. Nice. And Gabrielle, Bree for short, uh, she was the main reason that I, I did the CD. I don't know if you, if, uh, you read some of the liner notes or. No, I didn't um, get the liner notes yet. That's right. I, I, I give it a download. Yep. I, I'll send you a CD if you want one. Sure. Um, she she's 15 now she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when she was seven. Oh wow that's young yeah so yeah it was it was crazy uh and you know she's doing really well now like Good. no limitations nothing they, they've got it got it uh well contained and she figure skates and all that stuff 
um, doesn't really miss school. But, uh, you know, back then it was kind of like you feel helpless. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I am like, what, you know, what can I do? I'm, I'm not a doctor. I can't, I can't, you know, cure her or make her better. So I said, I play music. So I ended up doing that CD. I, I recorded it, my, the whole thing at home uh, by myself. Had a friend, Chris Longo, play drums on it. I, I, rec- I did the bass, all the guitars, all the uh, keyboards. And uh, I put it out and uh, sold copies and donated the proceeds to the hospital that she uh, she's treated at. That's wicked. Well. So, that, that, yeah, and that was the reason why I did that. Did that album it was i had no no intention of doing a you know a, an instrumental album and it's called voiceless for a reason you don't want me singing <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's 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 how that came about well you know like what? i said if anybody wants a, a download of it just hit me up and yeah. i'll send it links down below so do that for sure please do that and now that you told me that it kind of gave like the music gave me gave me a bit of a goosebump listening to it and that's a sign of good music right away but it's the story now has hit me even more, and and I totally even even if this was a make believe line, I would believe it because the sole fact that now um, that you've told me this story, um, there's the emotion I felt in the tracks. I, I just figured it was some good songwriting, but there was there was some fuel to that. There was some fuel right. to it, and I think guitar players are going to like it, especially um, there's a lot. I found a lot of harmonizing, a lot of harmonized lines on there. So, well, like I said earlier, melody. There's yeah, a lot of melody. Like I'm not. There's some fat, there's some you know shredding or whatever yeah, on there, course, but yeah. most of it is just you know melody. It's just uh, I I wrote it with the intention of someone singing over yeah over it you know, but then I just added you know lead lines instead of someone singing. And actually, it's funny I, I and I don't think I'll ever get to it, but I I originally wanted to do it like that all all instrumental, but then go back you know a couple of years later and. I already have all the tracks down and try to find singers, give every different singers a, a track and say, here, write lyrics, record what you think vocally should be here and put it out, not as voiceless, but as something else with vocals on it. But I like just, that. I don't have time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Have time I know. To do that. Well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you and you've answered it was, uh, did you do most of it yourself? And I did notice the drumming was good and I, I was, wasn't sure if it was uh, machine or like it sounded human. No, so obviously that's it is. all, that's my friend, Chris. He awesome. He plays in a, he actually plays in a tribute band called dirty deeds. Oh, an ACDC um, yeah. obviously. Right. Yeah. Really, yeah. They were really, really good. And, uh, we went to his sister's barn mm-hmm. one day and he had, uh, you know, electronic drum set and, uh, we just recorded, all the songs like right in a row, like he, he would get, st- he gets stuff on the first or second take. That's how, that's how good he is. And, um, so then he took him back and then he put it through his stuff, uh, whether it be like superior drummer or whatever software he had to get better drum sounds. So he just, we tracked it with basic sounds and then he took it and put better drum sounds in and then sent it to me and I, we kind of mixed it together once it was all and done. And all that was recorded, uh, all your parts were done at home, you said? All at home, I had I had um, halfway. Th- I was using a camper. I had a camper at that time, mm-hmm. and then I ended up getting. It's not the same one, but I had a, a JCM two thousand and finished the record with with that. Okay. Um, I I put it in my bathroom. They they say you shouldn't put a guitar amp in a bathroom because of the the reverb, but I don't know what what it was. I mic'd it up in there, and it ended up sounding pretty good. So. 
they just did it all at home. That's phenomenal because it's the production is great. Now, did you master it at home too? Or did you send it out? Because the production. No, I have a, a a friend, and now speaking of the Kemper, a friend of mine that owns a studio, and I didn't know him at the time. He ended up becoming a friend because of the CD. He uh, he don't and most of the people like the the artwork was all donated because they knew I was doing this for charity. So he donated mastering the CD. Nice. Chris and I mixed it. He mastered it. Uh, my friend Barry and we sell. We ended up actually going to kind of business it's kind of dead right now we still sell them but we were doing Kemper profiles nice and uh so the site's still up it's amaudioprofiles.com if any guys out there have a Kemper check it out um it's still up we still sell them every now and then that's um, cool we've got ton, you know we've got the free mini amps we've got the 5150 mention the uh, link again threes. mention the link what is it again uh, amaudioprofiles.com. Okay, good. Because I didn't have that link available at the time, so that's good. I'll put that in the description after too. Cool. Nice. Yeah, so it's just, just a, and neither one of us owns a camper anymore. Mm-hmm. We have access to one. Um, uh, we might do more, you know, down the road. There's, people with a camper know that every amp in the world has been done already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as far as profiling it, so we're like, you know, what we have is good. If people want to buy it, they buy it. If not, it's it just sits there. We're not really paying for anything no, anymore. No, it's a silent salesperson. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a so product that you're stocking yeah. on a shelf, so you really can't lose. Right. Yeah. Right. Something that I yeah. have a real passion, I want to try in the very near future, It's I'm either going to, going to succeed with it or I'm going to fall flat on my face, is I've been watching a lot of videos online. I want to, I, I want to learn how to make my own impulse responses, and I, I've got some tutorials that I've, I've digested. I've got the software now to do it, and you know I have great mics. So I want to, um, I know it's going to drive uh, Poison Ivy and everybody in the house crazy. <laughs> when you, have you seen the process of doing that? You yeah, I, I actually tried speakers. to, and... I think I'm doing. I was doing something like I took like a week and I I tried all different methods and mm-hmm. ways and I was probably doing something wrong because I could never get it sounding the way I want it to sound. Yeah, so I just I gave up on it. Well, I think where a lot of people and there's go so wrong, many out there that you can just buy. I know. Well, I think where people go wrong and here again, like I'm a, as a novice as novice can be because I haven't even done one yet. So I guess it's a complete novice. But I think you know, like as you know, we we some of us buy these, some of these packs and for our helixes and all kinds of things like that. Um, you know, okay, there's two centimeters off the cone, right on the cone, you know, 20 feet from the cone over from your neighbor's house, you know, like, all this. yeah, exactly. So I just want to do like, maybe like three right on the cone. Yeah, well, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to do too. I just wanted to get, you know, like I said earlier, the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get that tone that I like to hear from a speaker, but I, I was just doing something wrong. I know I, either that or I didn't have the right software combination. Or, Could be. Yeah, I'll let you yeah, know. How I, I mean, I may, I may go back at some point and do it, but at this point, there's so many options that it's sometimes easier just to go buy. Yeah, it. yeah. I just don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm gonna try my 5150 cab because I really, really like that. I, I really yeah, do. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try it, and if you know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, it didn't right. succeed, you know. So, yeah, let's jump back to the chat for a quick second, and then we come back. I want to ask you a question about uh, one of the most memorable things that's ever happened to you in your life because of music. Maybe it's a gig, or maybe it's meeting a celebrity, or something that's happened because of music. So think about that for a second. And uh, I'll give you a minute. Uh, yep. Let me see here. Um, Dan Wilhite says, Cameron Cooper saw that your video was still Panther. That was amazing. Uh, Richard Henry says, what do you guys think is the most important thing in a tribute? Tone, look, stage show, or all of the above? That's a very good question. It seems so you're the tribute expert at this point. Um, so he says, again, what do you guys think is the most important thing in a tribute? Tone, look, uh, stage show, or all of the above? All of the above. Yeah. It's it's got to, it all has to go hand in hand or I mean I, I I've seen some incredible tribute bands that sound excellent but there's they don't look like the band mm-hmm. so 
Um, you know, there's people that don't care about the look, you know, in, in the audience. There's people that don't care what the guitar sounds like. There's people, you know, just going there just to see what you look like. It's, But to me, I if I'm going to see a tribute band, I want to see a tribute band that it's it's the band. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to it's like you're going to see the real band. Yeah. So if I ever did it again and here, like I'm, I'm getting to the point now, too, where and as you know, this we're in a very similar boat. Uh, line six has kind of um, corrupted our lives in a very, very good way, in a very good way. Um, yeah. If I was to do a Van Halen tribute today, because if I was to ever do a tribute, it's going to be Van Halen. Um, mm. I would have my Helix up front and that would be it. But I would probably get some, uh, f- uh, you know, EVH there and all everybody, every company makes dummy cabs. Right. I would get a couple EVH dummy cabs and I'd put them on the back just for decoration, just to give me that little security blanket when I look back. You know, maybe I'd put a fan back there that there's some, maybe there's some air blowing and I feel like there's some speakers moving, but I'd be completely content with just having Helix up front. (laughs) But yeah, I agree though. You you have to go all about it. Things that drive me crazy is you see like these bands, they promote themselves like crazy, you know, and we're this band, we're this tribute. And then you see like, you know, the uh, guitar players on stage, you know, maybe being like, uh, I'm not even gonna say who the artist is, but the baseball cap on backwards, you know, and just, you got to look at, you got to own that part. Well, the whole thing is it's, and we've had people tell us this is that with the the way some of these bands, the, the amount of money they charge to go see them nowadays, you know, especially a big band, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're paying two, three, four hundred dollars for a seat. So we're the tribute bands. If you, if it's done right, you know, it's just a way to actually not have to spend all that money, mm-hmm. but still see something that's pretty good, you know, for like ten bucks. Or if you, or if we're playing a casino, it's a free show. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You know? So that's that's we've had countless people tell us that, you know, I, I was going to go see Bon Jovi, but I can't afford four hundred dollars seats. So came to see you guys. And just like on Friday, Mrs. Smith, and I are talking about the same thing. Um, sometimes uh, that's the number one factor, because, I mean, even sometimes it's hard to justify the prices even for us, like as our favorite bands. Like I, I just I don't I don't feel right spending three hundred dollars for a ticket. You know, when, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a month worth of groceries. I, yeah. I, I don't go to many shows anymore, not because of the price, but I just get aggravated. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to play. I, yeah, true. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to stand there and watch a band. I want to play. So I, yeah. I like the last show, which was good because the last show I saw was Billy Joel at Fenway Park last okay. summer. So it's not, not really a guitar band. No. So I didn't get that, you know, Urge. antsy feeling like I, I want to get up there. Yeah, you're but now off. that I have a piano, maybe I will if but, I go see him again. Yeah, you might, piano man. <laughs> but you're kind of off duty. You're not a guitar player anymore. Right, you're there right. just to enjoy some music. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, and also that we had discussed as well too is the fact that sometimes, like we we'll use Bon Jovi for example, Bon Jovi might not come to you know uh, five thousand uh, population small town Idaho, right? right? You know, so some of these people that are, that really want to see them, that could be maybe their only time in life that they're going to get the closest thing to see Bon Jovi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we we had that happen to us years ago. Uh, we went up to the very tip of Maine, a place called Madawaska. Okay, um, and not like nothing gets up there. Like we were we were driving. It was a nine hour drive, and we were driving overnight. And once you got closer there, there was just nothing. It was just the road, uh-huh. and you would see like caribou on the side of the road. Wow. Like, Wilderness, all and that way. they got nothing up there, and it was we played in front of it a huge stage, and it was probably fifteen hundred, two thousand people just going crazy. Isn't that something? See, yeah, it's it's like la- the last two summers we played. Uh, we do this. Uh, there's Mohegan Sun Casinos. Yeah, familiar. One in Connecticut, one in uh, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and uh, we've been doing fortunate enough to do that uh, the last few years. And I think we just booked the 
July 20th, they, they do it on the rooftop at the one in Connecticut. We're doing that one. So we're just waiting on the Poconos show. But Poconos, it's on a – they have a race, like a dog track, a horse track or whatever, mm-hmm. out back. And they every Thursday night, they do a Thursday night tribute series. And they had they set up a big stage, like a pro sound system. The last two years that we did it, it was, we've had like 10,000 people. Wow. At those. And it's – it's it's like it's Bon Jovi playing up there. Like it, they are louder than the PA. It's it's crazy. Is that it's possibly one not, of the shots you've got on your website? Uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that, beautiful. That from far away angle, dude. Yeah. Everyone watching this right now, when you're done, when you're done the show today, go click on the link to go to the website because it is in the description. You're gonna be blown away. It's like you see, all you see is people and a, a you big see this stage. stage. Yeah, it's <laughs> Way a, down the that's bottom. awesome. Well, you know what's funny too? Tell me if you agree with this too. A little tangent here, but one of the things. I always look at music going into a performance. Um, you don't want to get too cocky, like you know, a hockey team. For example, okay, we're going to go in. We're the Red Wings. We're going to kick so and so's. We're going to kick the Habs' butt tonight. You know, whatever Colorado. We're going to go. We're going to kill Colorado. And then they get there and they get defeated because you go in too cocky. Now sometimes it can work the opposite way around. You know, you're traveling. You're talking about this place way out in the wilderness, pretty much. And a lot of people might say, "Oh, this is going to suck. Here's going to suck." Never, ever, ever, if I can give one piece of advice to, to musicians, especially maybe new ones getting into the game, is always treat every gig. Um, don't over expect anything, but don't undermine what you're about to perform. Because like you say, you put, go to a place like that and look what it's turned into. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's weird because you you, you can get to a show and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be great tonight. And then nobody shows up. I know. You're boom. You're and, let down. And you're like, everything just drops. Yep, and you got to do your best to just recoup from just it. imagine that it's an arena yep. you know it's it's not easy yeah because we we've played i mean every these guys watching right now in bands you've played you know mm-hmm. where there's more guys in the band than there are in front of you yeah and it's not fun but yeah uh, you, you gotta just to you gotta push through it yeah I, I just when that happens i i look at it, at it like it's just a glorified practice yes so, yeah and you're getting paid you know, we, ha- we have another show coming up tomorrow night or next week so let's you know, bear down here and, and try to improve, you yeah. know, as, as we go forward. Yeah. And that's the thing. You that's, always have to play. You always have to play like it's a full house because you never know yeah. who's going to walk in. It could be ne- someone. You never know who's watching. Yeah. You don't, because we've had shows with, like that where there's been hardly anybody there, but there was a one, one guy that was an agent mm-hmm. was there and, you know, we ended up getting a gig off of that. So yeah. Another reason to also be know. professional too. Like some of these bands, nothing wrong with having a drink, you know, it's some, you know, if you can do it in moderation while you're playing, um, but don't be looking like an idiot on stage, you know, be professional because that image as well too. The agent comes in, Oh, this sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they see the, right. you know, shenanigans going on that aren't appropriate and doesn't matter how yeah, good we've, you were. We've, de- <laughs> we've dealt with some of that. We're, we're like spinal tap, but with bass players. Oh, really? Uh, bass players. Yeah, it's not the drummer; it's the bass player. We've we've gone through like five or six since I've been in the band. Five or six bass players. We got the guy we have now. Doug is great. He was in the band previously, um, but yeah, we've we've had a couple that were just yeah, yeah, problems. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, great guys, but it just just certain things didn't work. Yeah, no, you got so. You got to be professional, and it's it's got to be guys too. That uh, guys and girls. I'm not trying to uh, stereotype that you um because you're spending a lot of times in some cases a lot more time with them than sometimes your own family you got to get along with them um you know the the talent is is a big part big part of it um and talent can always be learned a little bit more you can practice but you can't really make yourself a better person if you suck you know so you got to be good people which is hard to find too well the the funny thing about our band is we hardly see each other oh okay 
we were all about well, like I'm 90 minutes away from the other guys. Yeah. So we don't rehearse. Right. We'll rehearse maybe once a year. And by now it's like you either know the songs or you don't. Right. You know, so um, if we're going to learn something new, we just everybody learn your parts and then we get to the next show. Whatever show that we have a long sound check, we can take our time. We'll, oh, we'll cool. work something. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, you know, we talk on the phone during the week, but we don't, we don't live close enough to each other to like hang out or so yeah, it's, it's kind of unique. Um, yeah. cause most bands are seeing, like you said, to see each other all the time. Like when I was sky high, there was all, all those guys, we all live within 20 minutes of each other. So we saw each other every day. Yeah. Different These guys story. in my band now, Bon Jersey, I see them at shows. That's it. Well, and you guys are doing a good job. On the phone. Yeah. As long as everyone's professional learns to parts at home, then you're oh, fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're all great. And, uh, everybody, sometimes we'll go weeks without talking and we'll just see each other at the next show and everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And you just do the show. You yeah. do your job. And there's, there's days today where people are even further than you guys. There's people out of state, you know, out of, out of the country and so you know, for these bigger right. bands and things like that. And there's no reason why you can't pick up a Skype conversation and say, I'm having a real hard time learning this chord progression. If you got two guitar players, can you, uh, can you help me with this part here, whatever, you know, and you can do that and learn yep. as well. Very cool. So let's jump over to the question I had for you. The most memorable thing that's ever happened to you for music, whether it be a gig or whatever, can you share something with, like that with us? Musically? Yeah. Um, I, I would have to say, like off the top of my head, it's those 10,000 plus shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, because when you, like, you know, there's a lot of, you, they have like a little tent next to it where you can change or whatever yeah. and be away from everybody. But, and you know, there's a lot of people, but until you walk up the steps and, you know, the stage is like six feet high. So you got to walk up and once you get up there and you first look out, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, the first time it was kind of like, you know, whoa, what mm -hmm. is, you know, what's going on here? Like they're here to see us. Right. So, and then once you stop playing, you, you kind of, kind of feed off them. And, uh, then the next time when you see it again, you kind of know how to, how it's going to be. And yeah. But when they, when they start, like we'll, we'll do, uh, when we do living on a prayer, Joe will, um, we do it like Bon Jovi does, like John. I don't know if they still do it now that way, but John was will sing a cappella. Um, the chorus, you know, without the band, just he'll sing it, and then when he gets to the, you know, um, the whoa, we're halfway mm -hmm. there, he'll sing the whoa, and then he lets the audience sing, okay. have, and, and that's what John Bon Jovi does. So when we do it at a show like that with his ten thousand people, I mean, it's <laughs> you hear it back. It's like you're, you know, you're you're going to see van halen and people are singing along it's just that loud you don't you know, even though, even if i w was wearing in-ears it was that's blocking usually i'm blocking out everything around me and i just have the band in there but when they're that loud it's just it's pushing right through that that's uh, cool that's a good vibe yeah. you can feel it yeah you get you get the you know goosebumps and that's and it just it just makes you want to play even better the only the only mm -hmm. one I can remember that would ever come close to something okay. of that nature um, uh, is over kind of over that way was um, I don't know what year it would be now it'd be ninety eight ish ninety nine somewhere in there but I the the band I was in fifty one fifty at the time we played the New York State Fair which I think was in Syracuse New York mm -hmm. and it was my first festival gig with the band and I'd never played for a crowd that large in my in my years it was probably seventy five hundred to maybe nine thousand people. And I remember going on the stage, we would start off with the 1984 keyboard parts. 
Uh, you know, the drones and all that kind of, you know, really, really cool thing. And the smoke's just rising, whatever. And so the uh, smoke's covering me. You can't see me. And I look down once at my hand and, and I think we started, what was, oh man, it was shaking so bad. And I, that's like, happened to me. I had to literally slap my hands and like squeeze my hands and like, okay, dude, get it, hold yourself. And no one could see me doing it because I'm in the smoke, which was good. But I thought I, I actually, at that point thought for a second, I could run right now and no one would see, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> Eric's gone. But, but I, it's I, like, I don't warm up before a show because there's just, so, there's always something going on. Like there's too much going on. We're always cracking jokes like, yeah. before we go on stage and yeah, I forget to stop warming up. So the worst thing is when we open up a show with a song that requires, you know, Intricacy. your fingers to really move that, that, that's what kills me a lot of times is like, I'm just not ready mm-hmm. and I'll fumble through, um, a song like, uh, I die for you. Okay. Off of uh, slippery when wet, the, the lead is this run in that lead. And if we, we play that in the first, you know, one or two songs, it always, it gets me all the time. I, I gotta, I gotta, it's my own fault. I should warm up, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you, you start thinking about other things. You're talking to this person, you're talking to that you never person. Have time. Yeah. And I think I honestly, uh, tell me what you think about this. I liked as much as I hate being nervous. I hate nerves. I hate the stress it can cause. And it even comes in with a show, you know, things like this, when the camera light goes on, it might look like everything's all cool. And, and, and for the most part it is, but if a technical problem happens, like I had some technical issues today, as you knew, and you had some yep. technical issues before we went on the simplest things that it work every day. And then before showtime, something can go wrong and it yeah, just, yep. yeah, like that's, I saw another gray hair pop out today, literally because of it, but it's also good because the yep. nerves, some of the best creative moments can come from like, where am I going to go? It's all like, okay, you're dropped off on a back road on a country, find your way home. And like, oh my God, I just found this new pasture over here. It's so beautiful. And it, because you would have never gone that way, right? You know, right. I'm probably not making sense, but I think you kind of- No, got no, because it, it, this just happened. The last gig we just played was a private event. It was a, I think it was a 50th surprise birthday party. Uh, a guy did it for his wife and she's a huge Bon Jovi fan. Mm-hmm. So they hired us. And we did sound check. Uh, everything's fine. You know, and they they didn't. We had to be behind the curtain because she didn't know anything. Didn't want to see any of the the instruments. Even the PA was behind the curtain. Wow. So, and they're like, when you come back in, you know, getting ready to start, they gave us a cue. They said, don't make any noise. Okay. Don't even check to see that your guitar is on anything. So we <laughs> go into Runaway first, and then that part. I have nothing, nothing. Oh no! I, I don't know what I, I don't know what happened, and um, so we basically played the whole song with no guitar. I air guitared it. Okay. I just played like I was on. Yep. And there was nothing coming out of my rig. I had the Helix going with my the Marshall, and I had a wireless. And when the I, I turned to the guys and said, "When this song's done, stop, and we got to figure something out here." So the song ended and I'm down at the pedal board. I'm like, you know, making sure everything's plugged in and mm-hmm. everything was where it was supposed to be. Um, I ended up grabbing my other guitar because I have a different pack for it, mm-hmm. uh, transmitter. Try that, nothing. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I ended up taking off the, the wireless and I, I plugged directly in. I had sound. Okay. So we go into the next song, not even four bars into that song. My main guitar, break a string. Oh, my God. So I, I finished that song with a broken string, and I had to readjust the solo because I that was a prominent string for that solo. So oh, that one finishes it. So I had to use my um, – I don't know if you can see it up there. 
Oh yeah. Strat in the middle. Yeah. Which is more of a bluesy type sound. It's not really for heavy stuff. I had to use that for the rest of the show because I only brought two guitars. Oh geez. And it, it was just a struggle to get through like playing uh, something like Raise Your Hands, which is pretty fast. Yeah. And a lot of pinch harmonics and on that thing. That that's more for like uh, who says you can't go home. You okay. know, like, yeah. Stuff that doesn't require a lot of gain. It just doesn't sound sound as good. So, so this is probably that, a show that was like... a struggle. So he had to I had to adjust everything. And I it's one of those shows where the people who were going crazy, they were having a great time. That's good. But I had in ears in and I'm here, I'm listening and I'm like, This sounds terrible. This yeah. sounds terrible. But they said it sounded great out front. That's what matters the most. And I know you're going to criticize yourself till the cows come home, yeah. but oh yeah, it, it, must it have was been bad. A, it, like a living nightmare for you inside your mind. Yep. Oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to get done. I couldn't wait for the show to be over at that, at that point. But, you know, it, that happens every now and then. You just have to, you just got to keep, keep yep. going. It know? will always work. As we've all learned, obviously you found there's probably just something with the receiver, not the transmitter or the wireless. There's something in the receiver. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got home the next day, plugged everything in, the same exact way, and it was working fine. Yeah. It could have been voltage. You never yeah. never find out. But yeah, it makes you a stronger person too because every one of those train wrecks, because that, that's that's a kind of a train wreck that I always call yeah. the caboose going off the track and just pulling the rest of the train. It's like, how do you recover at least without the fewest casualties as possible? Right. And uh, it, it's it seasons you for another day because when it's all done and when you've been playing as long as you've been playing and I've been playing, you, you make so many mistakes, technical mistakes that you can like, okay, what did I do that last time? Something, you know, blah, blah, blah. You save it for a rainy day. Let's talk about um, uh, when you first uh, discovered uh, the Line 6 brand. Now, I've been using it a lot less and you have a lot less um, and it's changed my life in a totally different way. But when did you start getting into it uh, and how has it affected you ever since? Well, I, I go back to the original pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I had the, I had the bean, the red beans. Yep. I had the very first one, the 2.0, the the XT, the X3. I had them all the way along, and I it, I never really used them. I didn't use them live. No, um, I just used them, you know, just to record yep. ideas with jamming and, uh, and stuff. I had a Veta, the Veta amp. Uh, I I did play live with that. Um, when the Helix came out. And actually, I actually had one of the original um, old Variaxes too. Okay. The 300 series, or that might have been the 500. Yeah. And it wasn't as advanced as it is, it is now. Today. Like they were, there were never any real pickups in it. Yeah. The one that I had. Um, but uh, when the Helix came out, I got one, and with like a lot of a, a lot of things, I didn't give it a fair shake at first. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those guys where. I'll get something and I won't really dive into it like mm-hmm. all the way in. Like I, cause a lot of times I have gigs and I'm like, I, I just need something fast and yeah. I don't really, you know, take the time to explore it. So I used it for a little while and I was like, you know what? Eh, I, I got it. This was before firmware 2.0 came out. So no snapshots or anything. Yeah. So I got rid of that and I, I've gone through, um, I've had an axe effects from fractal. I, I still have an amplifier, mm-hmm. the, the three button red one. Okay. I was using that. I had the Kemper. Kemper I used for a couple of years. And then the regular amps, the tube amps. But um, 2.0 came out, and I started seeing more and more videos, you know, YouTube videos. Like, I think you had – I've seen you say it before that you just started watching video after video. Yeah. Just to learn. And uh, so when 2.0 came out, they added a lot more to it, um, especially with the snapshots. That was always my thing. Um you know, changing presets or changing sounds, it was always that gap. Yeah. 
like between. a lot of digital stuff. And a lot of times, like, you know, the audience won't hear it. But when I'm wearing in-ears and that my guitar sound is pressed against my ear, I could hear that. Oh, it, yeah. would, it would just throw me. Yeah, you're off throw for a off. Just that little split second of no audio mm-hmm. and then it's back. So I ended up I, – I sold the first Helix I had and then I ended up buying another one, the one that I have now, uh, used. And that's when I really started to um, like get into it and, and realize that – this thing can do more than any of these other devices that I've that I've owned, and it's not so much um, like which one sounds better because uh, they all sound great. They do. I, mean, I, I had the fractal, I had the AX8, and that thing sounded incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the the flexibility of the Helix in the you don't need to look at a manual to figure out you know what you're doing. Just the screen on it, like the AX8. It was fine if I was at home and I had it plugged into the computer and I had the editor up and I could do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I found myself at a couple of gigs where I had to make changes real quick. And to get through that menu was just, yeah, you know, it just it drove me crazy. So this thing, um, the Helix, just no complaints whatsoever as far as uh, using it. And the UI is incredible. Never used one, you could figure it out. In, in an hour, you could if you're a guitar player and you used multi effects units before, you could get something you know good after about an hour without ever touching that thing before. Well, here's a small testimonial. Just yesterday, uh, Eric Jr. He's only 12 next month, and he's in here because we've got the rack in now the the floor. Yeah, I saw. I saw. <laughs> yeah, he's playing. He he's doing really good. For all he really wanted it for, he want because I didn't have an expression pedal with the rack, and he's like, I just want to do a Digitech whammy. So I'm like, okay, I'll get you a whammy here, and I got him set up. And I, he was, I showed him how to uh, name presets and snapshots and all that kind of stuff. He was doing it in two minutes. I'm like, holy cow, man. So if, if a 12-year-old can do it, us old folks can do it in no time at all. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 very, it's, it's really, it's encouraged me to, to play guitar more because once I start doing this show, which I do every week, sometimes a few times a week, I, I often forget that, hey, Eric, you got some guitars back here. Yeah, you're you might a guitar wanna, player. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that's what I was first. I never wanted to be a talk show host. Um, and, uh, I forget that I play guitar and, but right. the Helix stuff has made me play and play and play, um, like, and it's fun again. It's fun. It makes it, it's easy. It makes it like you don't have, and plus you, you're saving your, your hearing too, yep. because you have to have those, those amps that are behind you. Well, behind I'm not me. sure. I'm I not... still put like yesterday I was in here. I had that, you know, hundred watt thing cranked up and my ears are ringing after, uh, oh, but, yeah. but yeah, like I just plugged this thing into the computer, into the interface and. I don't know if it's just... going to save my hearing, though, and I'll have to tell you why, because I put the headphones on, and I and this is bad. This is really bad. Uh, I cranked the, the snot out of it. Like I, I, It's way not... not well, listening. I'm the same way. I, I, I play better when it's louder. I do, too. I do. I, so like that's why that's my love and hate thing with in-ears. Um, number one, guitars never sound right to me in the in-ears. Yeah. The vocals, the keyboard, everything sounds like a CD quality, but mm-hmm. when I hear the guitar... And, you know, I've had guys say, well, that's what it sounds like out front. I'm like, no, it's really not what it sounds like out front because I've gone out front. Yeah. And it doesn't sound anything like what I'm hearing. The pro- And this is my thing, and I don't know if guys agree with me with in-ears, um, not to go off on another yeah, no, totally. it's fine. subject, but they're great for vocals. I love them. They help me sing better, which mm-hmm. I need all the help I can get. But um, the guitar, I my get playing suffers when I wear them because it just doesn't sound – it's – it's like putting your head against the speaker cone okay. and listening to the guitar because you're you're taking that tone 
and it's right against your eardrum. Yeah, you it, need to get away a little it's bit. Just right? slow, yeah, there's no space. Yeah. Uh, I know there's little tricks you can do. I mean, if you had if you had a lot of money and you you had your own sound guy all the time and you had a mixing board and you you know you can set it and dial it all in. I even I even built my own personal monitor system. You mm-hmm. know, I, I would bring this thing out with uh, my iPad and I could you know mix it on there. And I got it better, but it's still not the way you like. Wasn't it. worth lugging all that extra stuff. It still wasn't right. Yeah. So when I when I have to use them, I use them, but I'd rather not use them. Yeah, I hear you. Today, we're uh, before we get into the last part of the, the show here, and get get you to do some playing with your Helix in a second. Um, today, Junior was testing out the Variax through. Um, w- so I have several different rigs that I have them all hooked up with the different Helix products, and so through the lunchbox, the newest lunchbox from Van Halen for EVH gear, I should say, um, it's only a, f- uh, a 15 watt amplifier, and I'm telling you, I have it on the quarter power switch, four watts, 4.5 watts, whatever it is, running into the 412. And the HX effects is running through that in a four cable method. And it really, if I was to do a tube, take a tube rig out today, I would take that lunchbox and I would grab a 212, not a 412, yep. but a 212. And with that HX effects, I've got um, a channel switching built in as a, as a stomp. And I've got uh, some of my favorite effects I have all in one, one patch, uh, chorus, reverb delay. I've got some noise suppression and things like that that I haven't assigned to a button because I just figure I'll just leave them on, right? And that saves uh, assigning them to a scribble strip, whatever. And I, at low power, like barely on one, um, uh, Junior's in here. He's got the Variax. I programmed in a drop A tuning for it. He's doing some slipknot. He wanted to try the wireless, so he's upstairs playing for mom. And it was shaking the house. Like, and, and actually, I came in here to do some work. So I'm in here, and the amp is in here. He's upstairs playing, and it's like, grr, 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 like this. <laughs> and it sounded amazing. So it is nice once in a while to... Uh, to, just let it rip. Yeah, let it rip and jump over. But that's one of the things I like about the products. And it's what I also like about the staff has how they'll always say, "Hey, we're not we're not saying uh, we're not preaching that it has to be a Line Six product and nothing else." They, they, right. we, they yep. build tools to integrate with your life. Use it in whatever way you need to use it. Yeah. It, no, it's not like um, just this is it and this is how you got to use it and you can't use anything else. That's right. They all love tube amps. They they have their yeah. favorites. You know, and they they have the fortune the, the the fortune of having um, a lot of those amps at their disposal when they do the modeling. So of course right. they love tube amps. Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to getting an HX. That's what I got the pedal snake for. The yeah, HX effects on the smaller board with that, just that and the, the uh, talk box. Yeah, and maybe that maybe the wireless. I'm not sure if I'm going to put that it's on or not. It's so user friendly. You're gonna you're gonna love it. Um, it, it's just ever so slightly different um than the Helix, but because you've had the Helix for so long, you're gonna right. it's just so easy and it's fun. Um, yeah, and I'm not I'm not a big effects guy. Like I'll 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 have a little reverb and yep. some delay in Yeah. If I need a chorus or a phaser or something, I'll just kick it in. And then, uh, that's that's yeah, I, I highly with the with the helix, the full one, the floor, mm-hmm. I really don't use the expression pedal. No, I, I've only done it a couple times because I can't. Maybe know. a Y, yeah, like a Y every now and then, but yep. I, like not having it on the board, I won't miss it. So Yeah, I added or I added one, one patch last night, one of my favorites that, that I've been using a lot lately, and I may de- demonstrate today, I'm not sure, um, but I needed a, I wanted a Wah because I use a Wah a lot on my real board, and I wanted the pitch change. So I, I added that to my, my patch. Unfortunately, there was enough DSP to handle it because uh, yes. it was pretty maxed out already. And it worked fine, and uh, I I really enjoy just having that feature. But yeah, with the HX, I could do a full night with a band, no problem by not even changing a preset, because like you know you can assign nine presets to the buttons. Um, but but I mean, or I'm uh, sorry, what six Effects. six? 
um, yep. and, but nine simultaneous. So things that you would have always on, like a, maybe a noise suppression. Yeah, maybe, you don't have to assign it. Yeah, maybe reverb. If you don't turn your reverb off, don't assign it. So then that's freeing up some real estate there as well too. So very yep. cool. Renaming everything is simple. But if we in a second, why don't you fire up your Helix and let's? Um, I know you got to change over some settings on your computer, and let's hear yep. some of your patches. <laughs> that was hopefully I do that right this time. No problem. It's all good. Take your time. <laughs> so which guitar? Uh... Why don't you grab your one? Well, you you pick actually. Oh, I see one right there. That's kind of cool. But okay, well, which one? Let's grab. The, let's grab the Ernie Ball. Okay. I'll tell you a story about this one. Yeah. And I told you earlier. This is a good story. This is a '91. The EVH has got the, you know, it's got Eddie's signature on it. I got a 91. I had to take out a loan to get this. This was <laughs> my first real guitar. And uh, the only guitar I played 20, 25 years, I never played any. Like on stage, I would bring it back up, never changed. It was always this guitar. And uh, so it's it's pretty beat. Um, I wish I took better care of it. But, you know, when you're, you're in the moment, you just... It happens. It, it, it's rusted, like from sweat, and uh, I had some new parts put on it recently, mm -hmm. but it just there's dings and nicks all over it. And I'm gonna try to show that. I showed this in some of my videos. That little thing right there. Do you get your fingernail cut in when you play there? No, it, it's not affecting on um, playing it. Okay, but that's good. What happened was I was playing one day, had the helix on the floor, and uh, I think I was done, and I stood up. <laughs> and the strap just fell off the guitar and the headstock when the guitar went down the body hit a corner of the helix and that hit another part of the helix the helix was fine <laughs> so line six it's built like a tank it took the brunt of the guitar falling on it but it, it knocked out a little piece of that um Wood. second fret on the neck but I was told uh, the local luthier that I use um, said that's easily repairable. Oh, so that's good. Good. At some, and I had just gotten this guitar was at my singer's house for like four or five years in pieces because he was going to redo everything for me. He was mm -hmm. going to fix it up, and I uh, just didn't have time. So I ended up getting it back. I took it to the local guy, and they put it back together and you know cleaned it up and it's working fine. And it was like two weeks after I got it back is when that happened. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So now this is retired now. I don't bring this to gigs anymore. Yeah. This stays up on the wall. Wicked. That's a beautiful guitar. So Rich's voice may drop out here in a second because he's switching off his vocal mic to go over to the audio. So if you don't hear him speaking, that's why. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'll play a little bit. Yeah. Um, like you said, you have no heat right now. It's actually cold in this room too. Yeah, we, well, we it's, have. It's raining and not good, but... Uh, Right, let me see if I can remember how to do this. And thank you so much, everyone in the chat. You're going to come back and say hi to everyone in, in a second. We're going to be wrapping up probably in about 15 minutes. That sounds great. So I, I, I should probably uh, say what this is. So I just threw this this patch together today it's it's the new um friedman be 100 the placator mm -hmm. model. uh it's got stock calves I, I usually use a dual uh 25 the greenback in a v30 i think it's the uber v30 because uh friedman's cabinets have the the greenback and the v30 in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i just have the uh the glitz stereo reverb on it and I'm, I'm looking at it now and i have a ping pong delay i don't know if you guys are getting that ping pong back and forth it's probably i think it's coming through mono from you 
Yeah. yeah, for some reason it's and I've got it going that. in stereo. But yeah, Skype will convert it to mono, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. But it still sounds um, good. It's hot over here, which is good. Yeah. So in I think I think it's on. Uh, I don't think the BE channel is on. I mean, HBE channel is no. Actually, HBE channel is on right now. Now, what does that do? Have a, what does that do actually? The HBE mode. What is it? It just adds. Um, it's like if you have just a BE mode with that off, it's more like an AC/DC type tone. I had that amp, and I, that was my favorite amp of all time. Is the BE one hundred? Had to sell it to help fund this house that I'm in right now. Sure. But uh, yeah, so the BE is more of a you know a rock hard rock tone, and the HBE is the it's the brown eye and the hairy brown eye. Okay. Um, and it just adds a little more uh, fuzz on top, gotcha. a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say gain, but distortion. Okay. Uh, but that's that's what Dave does. Mm. <laughs> Dave, Dave's a, that guy's a magician with these things. So I all right. So I'll. Uh, what do you What do you want to hear? I, I'm gonna try to play some Van Halen stuff. Okay, I, that'd I, be great. It's been years since I played Van Halen. No problem. Um, no and, judging. And I know uh, most of the Van Halen. I know. I you know a lot of I from watching your videos. You you know a lot of the older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how to play that stuff, but I, so I, my stuff is more, uh, Sammy era. That's cool. I, hey, it, it's Van Halen. That's all that matters. Yeah. This might be out of tune, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's more for audio demonstration purposes. All right. So I'll play a couple of things and then right. we'll switch back. Sounded really good. Yeah, this the guitar is going out of tune for some reason here. So that's okay. No, it's not. It, I, no, I know it. It just it bugs me. Yeah, it's probably the temperature. I, my guitars are going now, crazy. I got I'm some, having trouble hearing it too for some reason. No, it sounded really good uh, to what it, we're all hearing. Well, that's good. Yeah, just like just like the show I was saying earlier. Like it sounds terrible in my ears, but out front it sounds good. I know. <laughs> so no, I like it, man. Thank you for showing us that. It's it's really good. Um, it yeah, this is this used to be my my one and only this guitar, and uh, it's weird too because it's such a small neck, mm-hmm. and I'm used to I'm used to the bigger Fender necks now. So when I play this, I feel I feel like a giant. Yeah, I feel you like know? you're holding a broomstick. Fingers right? are fumbling over each other trying to trying to move around on this thing. Yeah, but the uh, be tired, so it it, it it lived a good life. Yeah, it's nice to play it once in a while. Yeah. 
You yeah. probably find you bring back some nice memories for sure. And I find the same <laughs> thing too. And I play the Wolfgang standards. I re- literally feel like I'm holding a broom. You know, it's like I I feel like I'm going to damage this thing. And that's yeah. that's another story too with the Variax I've got in my hand right now. I'm going to do just a real fast demo of this one. Um, it's a slightly wider neck, uh, 24 fret, which was always an intimidation to me. I've always played 22 frets. And this guitar came uh, equipped with 10s, and I was really contemplating uh, jumping down to 9s. And I saw some discussion in one of the Helix worship groups this morning. Someone had the exact same guitar, and he was asking about 9s, whatever. And uh, I saw different people chiming back and forth, uh, you know, saying the, uh, they were worried about if it would track well with the Variax and stuff like that. And everyone's like, yeah, put 9s on, whatever. And I was talking to Junior about it, too. I said, um, I'm thinking about putting 9s. We're in the grocery store today. I said, I'm thinking about putting 9s in this thing. He goes, no, you should keep it. <laughs> and um and he's he's smart. The kid's smart because number one, we play a little differently on it, and it's actually improving me. Um, it's some articulation and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think I am going to keep it, uh, and there's no reason why not. And his uh, Eastwood guitar he got for Christmas, Eastwood Airline, very nice guitar. It came with tens, and when I started playing that one, I was like, "This something feels foreign," and that's what it was. There you go. Which one you got there? That's yeah, this is a. You mentioned the Variax. This yep. is mine. This is the '69. Beautiful. '69. I ended up putting. Uh, Damasio Tone Zone in a uh, Area 58 middle is a stock, but uh, I mean the, the the pickups that were in it, the stock pickups are fine. I just I'm just so used to the Damasio mm-hmm. sound, so I, I threw those in here. Did you do it? And I was using this. I haven't used it much lately. I was using it um, just because of the tunings that mm-hmm. you can do. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of Bon Jovi songs that, like the newer one, uh, "This House Is Not For Sale" off the last album, where they're tuned well. When they record, they tune in E. You mm-hmm. know, they're in A440. But when they play live, they tune down a half step for okay. the vocals. But uh, that song, when we learned it, for some reason, we we all learned it in the A440. So when we tried to bring it down, it didn't sound right. Okay. Um, so this was the guitar for that. I could just sit and made, I made a preset, and it would tune this up to E. Nice. And, and uh, we had... So that's one thing I was saying about tribute bands earlier, trying to do the show and, and you know, try to make it as close to Bon Jovi as possible. So we had a double neck acoustic for Wanted Dead or Alive. I saw one of the videos on your page. For, yeah, for years, but it's it's uh, it's no more. Yeah. <laughs> Something happened to it. I'm not sure what happened to it. We're trying to fix it, but, like, we've talked to – it's an ovation. We've talked to Ovation, and they're like, that's very common for that guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it can be fixed. I'm, I'm looking into getting another one, maybe, mm-hmm. if I can sell something. But, but, so I had to use, um, I had to, we had no acoustic at the time for Wanted, so I had to use the, 12 string the Variax with the 12 string. Yeah, and it sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. people out in the audience they don't. They don't care if you're playing. You know what type of guitar you're playing. As long they as it really sounds don't. right. As long as it sounds right. I care. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the people in the audience, as long as it sounds similar, you know, and they're all drinking and having a good time. They so don't know the difference. As long as it sounds right. Yeah. Did you do the? But yeah, uh, the '89. The '89. I, I, I. When I was going, I was going back and forth when I bought this one, um, whether to get because that has the Floyd on it, right? It does. And it's, that's the yeah. thing. Frank turned me onto yeah, that one. I think I used to love the Floyd Rose, the floating. And that, is that one floating? It is, and I, none of mine are floating. So this is the hair. Yes, yeah, that was me. My, I, I used to love the floating, but as I got older, my playing changed, and now my right hand, yes. I, I've always had my right hand on the bridge yep. when I play. So my hand got heavier. So using the floating tremolo, it would make it 
go out. It, it sounded like it was warped. Mm-hmm. It would go out of tune. Yeah. So I, I've gone away from that. So I that's why I ended up going with this because it's got yeah, like a Wilkinson even, style. Even my um, the Floyd on the uh, the strap back there that that's a floating, but mm-hmm. I got to stop in it. Yeah, so you can't pull back. Uh, so you can't. Well, yeah, because it, it, it. I remember gradually over the years I was playing and then I was like this something sounds off you yeah. know something sounds weird like pushing. something's going out of tune or it, it ended up being my hand getting heavy and pushing yeah. on the bridge putting I'm, it out of tune I'm so. surprised how quickly I have gravitated to it because uh, that's the same thing too I'm always I'm a, I rest right there all the time so my first in, in incarnation was or my thought was to contact Adam at Futone and say Adam get me another um, uh, trem stopper and I thought no, this is this is a floating tram. I'm going to leave it like that. I've adapted to it. I've adapted to the um, uh, the ten gauge strings, which I am going to keep on here. And strangely enough, I, this I I know a lot of purists will say, well, if you're going to tune your guitar, like you know, you should really tune your guitar. Don't use the the pitch changing. And um, I can drop to uh, um, the a, d- a step and a half, a drop D and a half, whatever. So I can play the Van Halen stuff. I can go back up to standard pitch just with the, and I can't do it today because the battery is actually dead in the Variax, and I'm not running the uh, uh, the VDI cable, whatever or whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but but it, it's awesome for that at any given time. Now the one thing I haven't learned yet, and I'm going to start learning this, and I can probably learn from you as well too, is you talked about having a patch on the Helix that will actually uh, save the the tuning. So I need yep. to talk to you about that after, so I can. Yeah, learn yeah. That as it's well all too. in the in the editor. Like you can do it on. I think you can do it on the Helix itself, but the editor, it's like. Okay, good. I'll learn that today. If it's available in the editor, then I I know my way around yep. that pretty good. So I'll show you a patch I'm, I've got on here right now. And again, too, it's using the Placator as well, too. Once that come out, I think everyone changed all their presets. Um, <laughs> but what I've done with any of my presets, before that, it was the PV Panama uh, to get the closest to the sound that I liked. I've got the right. Placator in there, and I use a pitch detune, and I use it religiously. And I, I've caught myself a couple times. I've had to like almost put myself in timeout. Sometimes because we have the, the sky's the limit with these things, we go to the limit. Right. So I was using pitch to tune and I'm just like wetting it right up. Uh, it's like, you know, you get Photoshop or something like that because you can do something, you do it. It's like, okay, now you teach yourself the restraint. So I try to use the pitch to tune in very light moderation. I'm probably a hypocrite by saying this because it's probably going to sound wetter to you guys than what it is. But what I do is I do the Van Halen wet, dry, wet kind of sound and yeah, I have yep. uh, stereo. Well, that's my favorite. My favorite Van Halen tone is balance. balance. Yeah, balance. it's pretty darn good. It, that just it's just it's, it's heavy, but it, it's not um, fuzzy sounding. You know, that's it's right. clear. Yeah, but it's really articulates when he does it. Uh, like not arpeggiate, but when he'll almost arpeggiate a chord, um, you hear every note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do about either between minus eleven and minus fifteen, depending on how crazy I am that day. One side, and then the op- the exact opposite on the right hand side. So let me see if I got sound here. One sec. Um, spare. Yeah, do actually have sound. I'm not exactly in a good playing position here right now. Now, yeah, I wish I had the battery on the tuner, but let me see if I can... Yeah, it's dead, so I can't do that, but... So let me show you, and then I got a clean patch on here as well, too. Do I have it? Actually, I don't. So there's the lead version of it.
I'd like to find this one clean patch I had. I'll try to do it real quickly because it was really cool. Try to find this real quick. Uh, bank up here. And I'm using these Darth Vader slippers from Walmart right now. They look like Canadian snowshoes. I have shoes. Chewbacca. You got those? I got Chewbacca, yeah. Okay, yeah. They're they're the size of a Canadian snowshoe. And trying to trying to uh, hit yes. Trying to hit <laughs> presets on the helix with these things on is crazy. I'm not wearing the Chewbacca's now. I have actually have sneakers on, but okay. I do have them. Well, those cold winter nights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need them. So this is a big reverb. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. Let me grab, let me grab my second headphone because it's, it's stuck in my shirt here. One second. <laughs> Come on. Get the headphone, dude. All right. This will give me at least... So I'll do some of this tapping stuff that sounded really nice with it. So that's a Joe Satriani piece. And, uh, it, it almost sounds like, too, like um, Winger. Uh, I think it was the first album Red Beach did. Okay. It was, it was an intro to a song, but it, it's clean like that, and it was all tapping. I love it that. Similar, similar to that. I can't remember the name of the song. Well, you know what's weird? I, I wrote something years ago, obviously after hearing that from Joe Satriani, and, I, and I'm trying to relearn my own piece. And I yeah. can't believe that I've done something that I can't recreate today, but at least I'll try it. And it's gonna, I'm going to fail miserably. But I do a thing where I, I, it's kind of like that. So I go. Whoop. Now here's the hard part. I do a part on E. So I go. So I'm trying to do this. So da -da 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 -da. I have to get a string damper and I'll probably be able to do it. And then I go. I'm struggling with that part. And I go. So it kind of sounds nice. But I have to, I, I have to it's, it's it. similar to the, um, Eddie's like uh, feeling like that yep. bell like clean. That's that's my favorite favorite clean. I, I could play on I, this um, all day. What's his name on the uh, Facebook group? Uh, Johnny Lee. Yep. He was he was he put up a video last week doing um, uh, Mr. Big. Mm. And I, I was like, oh, you know what? I used to play that uh, green tinted 60s mind. Yeah, I used to play it. So I. I, I actually just plugged in this. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna attempt it. Okay, great. The intro to it, and I I just started trying to do it. It's just like the piano. I'm like trying to remember how to play these things. It's probably gonna sound all messed up, but I'm gonna try go it for anyway. It, man. No, go for Nobody's it. watching us. <laughs> <laughs> so if I mess up, uh, we can uh, delete it. No. Sound perfect. <laughs> That's good, man. 
I'll, if I practice it more, if I practice it more, I'll get it. But no, that's good. That's really good. I'm just trying to remember and like to do it like Paul Gilbert, like you don't hear anything else but those notes. Like when I'm doing it, you can hear my, you know, you can hear my, my, uh, palm moving yeah, on the other yeah, strings, yeah. you know, like that, almost like atomic punk. I'll see if uh, he's coming on the show soon. So I'm going to, I'll see if I can get him to maybe show us that riff. That'd be really cool. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's coming up in May. So that's going to be really, I got to get guys like him on the podcast. I've, I've had, um, you know, you've, you've listened, um, some cool guitar players on, mm-hmm. oh, you have. I, I got to get the podcast going again. Yep. I, too much of a break. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I sometimes paint myself into a corner because I do so much. And then now I've got the, the Helix show coming up, the Helix hour. Yeah, and it's I'm like to that. me too. And and I the cool thing about that one is I, I want to learn from my guests. And I'll, there'll yeah. be sometimes I can I can provide some tips. For the most part, I'm going to be pushing buttons while everyone else teaches everybody. But I'm looking forward right. to that. I guess what the point is is sometimes we paint ourselves into the corner. But I'd much rather be busy than doing nothing too. You know what I mean? So you're going to do right. really well and you've done well. So let's um let's spend the last few minutes here and go over just the last minute comments here and then we're going to sure. let everyone get to their um their dinners and things like that and it's later dinner, yes. yeah uh so habs is saying oh sorry Habs says uh, mrs smith needs a sweep up this mess shirt i would buy the hell out of that and he also says uh hail talk boxes require mastery i'm sure they do uh, i don't use the hail though oh yeah i had a hail when i first started doing it because yep. i thought that was it um the banshee Right. I use the Banshee because right. it's got its own 5-1 amp built into it. Perfect. With the Hale, you had to use either your amp you're using or you had to have an, another amp. For that, yeah. To power it. And I just kept blowing fuses Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. So I found the Banshee and I've been using it. I know Phil X uses, um, I think he used the, M- the MXR version of it. Okay. But I, I've had this same Banshee on, the Rotron Banshee on, the, on my boards for about at least 15 years now, the same one. I have a backup too, but... Never taken it out of the box. I think that's the one my uh, the hail uh, the sorry the banshee that my buddy Jamie Trevino you know him too right from yeah, the, yeah 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 I think yeah. that's what he's using I'm almost positive it is and he does that a lot I, you know yeah, I'm thinking of it now I should have I should have hooked it up that's okay <laughs> hey that's not gonna be the first, last time you're on the show man we're gonna it yeah, took a yeah, long time I, to get I mean, you I, on the show it'd be simple enough to set up a 57 and just run it into my interface and then just next time yeah well, guaranteed hey, listen it took us a long time to get this to happen but it's not hey. gonna be the last time that's for sure. Yep. Um, so yeah, saying it takes a little bit of mastery. Uh, Mac Tech says yeah, your sound was great, so that's good to hear. Oh, cool. thank you. And um, uh, Terry's uh, Terry was saying it's a sweet, beautiful thing that you do for your daughter. That was great. Uh, so obviously, people know me. They they come to expect here, but I am always an hour behind in the chat, so I apologize for that. Um, uh, Axis says sometimes tribute bands are better than live. The real band, just saying. Um, agreed. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if a band's getting older. And they, you know, the singer can't hit the note. I mean, I, our singer Joe, he's an anomaly. I mean, he, he, I don't, I don't know what what the guy does. He just, he can scream like he'll sing the the Steel Dragon stuff from uh, the movie Rockstar, mm-hmm. like the high, the yeah. really high stuff, like screaming stuff, and like you know, just nothing goofing around. It's just yeah, it's just every day. How the hell do you do that? I'm yeah. like, I'd be without voice, exa- you know, that's, right after that. Be, that's a talent. Be able to talk. That's a talent for sure. Um, uh, Dan Wilhite says Bon Jovi's playing near me soon tickets are pricey and Jerry Ratpack says yo Rich tell us about your modeling journey which we've talked a little bit about but he says remember the IPB10 I still IPB10 own- yeah the Digitech that was I don't know if you've never heard of that that was uh, I've had Digitech a lot of Digitech came out that one. you put an iPad in it oh okay yes yes it had the app and you could see all the actual pedals yeah on it. it was actually really cool I used it for like a year and uh, but the problem was Apple updated the iPad and then so the new iPads wouldn't fit in it. 
and the connections were not right. Oh, so bummer. And then once once Apple started to upgrade the firmware, uh, the iOS, like my iPad, the old one, the, the original generation, first generation, you couldn't go past a certain firmware anymore. Right. So then the app started, stopped working and bummer. couldn't use the board. Yeah. But it was it was almost like an RP, you know, remember the RP 1000? Had several of those over the years. Yeah. So it was like that but with an iPad in it. Yeah. So it, and, it was it was cool. And you know, and there's there's good and bad about that. Um I saw someone in the the Helix groups the other day, um the different uh, pages that we belong to. Someone was saying, I wish I could, you know, do some editing on my iPad or something like, you know, HX edit kind of thing on the iPad. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, there's a lot of, um, it would take a couple of years worth of, or a year's worth of research to to do just that one feature that really doesn't serve any benefit. And I agree with that. And sometimes having the benefit of using a device can paint you into that corner again, too, where once the technology changes and you can no longer yep. upgrade, then you're screwed. So I think line six has gone in the right direction for, you know, limiting right. what they can do, right? What you can do, yeah. I mean, yeah, because if Apple changes a, you know, the the size of it again, or the the connection, you know, they came out with a lightning, lightning cable. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was up in arms over that. So if Line Six made something to go into your Helix using the lightning cable, and then an Apple next year comes out with the super lightning, you know, something else that's totally <laughs> different, then what do you do? You I gotta, know they gotta have to make special cables for it. And yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, so sometimes just, I mean, the screen on the Helix is easy enough that yeah. you don't need a computer. Yeah. To uh, to edit it and just doing it on it. If you have a computer, you just plug one cable in USB yeah. and it's you got everything there. The it's, screen on the Helix is bigger than my phone, you know, so. Right. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool. It's got better, better resolution than most TVs I had growing up, you know. So uh, yep. last few comments here as well too. Um, EVH Leopard says uh, both guys wearing cool shirts. Yes. Van Halen. Yeah. I had to bring the. the I love it. You did. That's today. great. I had to go thermal for me. For oh, you know, you know what I forgot to show was. <laughs> Let's see it. When no, I was moving, panel, I, panel. I found a lot of my old stuff, and I have a. I think this is yeah, OEW one two tour. Oh, book. I thought it was a. I thought it was a sheet music book. Okay, tour. No, book. it's nice. it's from the tour. Nice. It's from 88, 1988. I still had it. Yeah. I, and like I told you earlier, I have multiple VHS VHS cassettes. That was great. That I painstakingly record every time Van Halen was on TV, no matter Jeez. what it was. Our this one says Arsenio Hall with Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, famous last words. I would record it, you know, edit it, and I, I would sit there and this is how crazy I was. I would write out everything that's on the tape and then the the time counter. That so is if awesome. So I wanted to find because you know it's not like uh, we, the way we have it now where you can fast forward to a, a chapter. Yeah, YouTube with a VHS tape. A link. You had to sit there and fast forward, stop, play, stop. I would sit there and do this stupid stuff. Some people will never, ever, ever, ever experience that. And they no, need to. They no. need to. Because that that shows that you're a fan. And the same as me, too. I had literally probably 200 Van Halen VHS cassettes, and I lost them in, in a dampness in our basement. Yeah. Yeah, there's this some boots. Is, uh, I got a bunch of bootlegs in 1995 tour. Yeah. I, I, I used to just, like, I remember Metal Edge magazine. Yeah. They used to have all uh, like a not a classified section, but they had like a a swap thing in there. Yeah, and I'd, I'd find Van Halen stuff on there and, and trade. I mean, I, I have a full bin of VHS tapes over here, which is well, I I love Van Halen you can think of on them. I had I don't have, have a VHS player anymore, so I can't really watch them. I don't think we have one anywhere. We don't even have Blu-ray players hooked up. But I lost all mine thanks to I would I don't want to say a flood because it wasn't a flood, and we do have flooding in some of our neighboring communities. 
it was just dampness and it ruined them all and they went moldy. I threw them all out. But however, I was smart uh, back years ago. Well, not even year, a couple years ago, I started converting everything to digital. And so it's all on my computer. So I, I'm not too worried about I, that. Maybe I should do that. It's a good idea. Computer. You should do it. Yeah. And then just get rid of the tapes, put them away because they, they yeah. take up a ton of space. You can have everything right. on, a, on, a, on a couple hard drives um, and yep. make a couple backups. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, last few comments. Um, Chris Jones, what brand, what band guitarist did you hear when you were young that influenced you to pick up the guitar and, and how to play? So you said you just, Van Halen was late for you. So a couple others. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was 5150. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after that, you know, like I said earlier, I, I was into the like Dio and, and, um, the heavier stuff. And then like guitar players, like, uh, you know, obviously Steve Vai, mm-hmm. um, Nuno Betancourt, who I just met at NAMM, which he was yeah, really cool. That's awesome. And uh, um, Vito Brada. Yeah. Who I had Eddie's style, but he made it his own. Yeah. You know, players like that was uh, the guys. And I, I can't play like that. It's not, not many people can. Yeah, but um, it's unique. They were the ones, yeah, they were the ones that I, I enjoy listening to like that. Nice. And then Sam Bori came in once I, I discovered, you know, the important thing is the song. You know, when you're younger, like you said, you just want to play. And I look what I, you know, look what look what I can do. I can do this, and I can stretch this all the way. Yeah. When I I learned that that really, that's cool, but if you don't have a song, that's not going to take you very far. I agree. Yeah, it's all about the that's, song. That's when I, you know, got into Sambora and uh, songwriting more. Wicked. Dan Wilhite was really impressed with your music, man. I know he has one. He says those are hard to beat. Uh, what guitar do you play with Bon Jersey? Do you have a, a Sambora Kramer? I know you play that Strat a lot, but you have a... Hold on. Yeah, grab it. <laughs> I have... I do have a... I don't have the Sambora Kramer, mm-hmm. but I have his actual ESP Sambora model. Oh, nice. That's and, cool. I mean, this this is not the one he I, I, obviously not the one he plays, but this is a you know a replica of what yeah. he plays. And I think they were like six hundred bucks That's when they were selling them. And the pickups were kind of iffy, so I put a there's a Pearly Gates in it, mm-hmm. a Seymour Duncan Pearly Gates. And I used this guitar probably I haven't used it much lately, but I used it for oh, probably eight years doing Bon Jersey. Wow, wicked. He, That's why when he was towards the end of his Bon Jovi days. He was playing that until the end when he was doing mostly strats, but that was his uh, his main guitar. Oh, Wicko, that answers that question. That's that's a nice guitar. Very nice. Yeah, I and I the other day I was just thinking, you know what, I gotta bring that back out. Yep. I haven't I haven't brought it out to a show in a while, but do that. It I might it might have some magic for you. You never know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and and it's funny, the music man, I had two. I had that one and I had a hot pink one. Oh neat. And I sold it for a cheap amount of money back then. I I sold it to buy a keyboard, stupidly. I don't know why, because I'm not a keyboard player. And for money to go to Florida. Oh. And I, sh- I should have. It was it was mint, mint condition. It's probably worth about four grand now. Yeah. I think Adam I, has I think I sold it for like $1,000. I'm pretty sure he has the so. pink. Adam Reaver has the pink one. And it's autographed from Eddie, of course, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. Jason Zeit's taken off. He says, great interview. He's really, uh, really entertaining. Uh, he's going to watch the remainder later. Uh, nice. J- Jerry Ratpack says, used to, I use the pedal a lot for both wah and volume. So obviously I'm assuming he's referring to the expression pedal. I use yep. it sometimes to clean up depending on my settings, sort of like a volume pot on the guitar. Very nice. Um, and oh yeah, Frank makes a very good, very good point. The pedal is also a great parameter, parameter changing device too, right? So, yeah. You can, you can add delay in, you can, yeah. um, you, yeah, I, you could change the, uh, you can actually change the tone, the whole tone yeah. using that. But, but if a guy like me doing Bon Jovi, 
You don't really need to you do know, that. I, I just have this, you know, set sounds. Stock. And, it's almost like stomp boxes. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, but I, I can see I can see where other guys that don't aren't confined to like I'm confined to Richie mm-hmm. Richie's stuff. That's you know? right. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the best thing about the Helix is that it can do you name it, it can do it. Yeah, it's your the only your only limitation, and this sounds cliche, is what can you think of and uh, it'll do it. Yeah, yeah, and and there's stuff that I'm you know, it's been out for what, I don't know how many years now, three, four years mm-hmm. since it's been out. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that we haven't thought of everything. I know. It. I know that's true. There's guys you you start seeing these videos pop up where guys are like, Hey, I just ran this through this and then I turned this around and Someone said they put a uh, the kinky boost. I forgot who it was. They put the kinky boost after the cabinet or after the amp. And I they put, said it sounded amazing. I put mine in the loop. It's yeah, a, yeah. I used to do. I used to do that with. Um, I had one of those M- MXR overdrives, mm-hmm. and I used to put it in the loop, and it just gave it a little, yeah. little push. Well, the reason why I put mine in the loop because I have the physical EP booster on my big board, yep. and it goes through the loop. I've tried in front. I've tried in the loop, and it sounds beautiful. It's an always-on pedal. So on any time I put that on a patch on on the Helix, it's an always on pedal war. So I don't even assign it to a scribble strip because there's no way I'm turning it off. Um, yeah, and it, there's just so much that I'm sure some of the, these guys are smart. They'll figure out like crazy things oh, yeah. to do with it. And then even Line Six guys are like, never thought of that. You know, like some of these things right, that some yeah. people will do. It's amazing. We, that's why the community is so good. Yep. And you know, we see the Franks of the world. Uh, you know, deeply rooted in these groups, but they're learning from us. We're learning from them. It's a 360. You know, it's a great right. thing. Uh, Jerry Rapak says, hey, Frank, some of the best wah tones from the Helix pedal. And I just programmed my wah last night, too. So I agree with that. And I was thinking I went with, well, I think they were going to, they modeled the Vox, the one I used to have. The, it was it 804 or the? Uh, I forget the name. It's the very first one, but I ended up going with Chrome Boy or whatever it was called, the Chrome wah, whatever, probably like a Clyde McCoy or something. Yep. I'm not sure what it was modeled after, but whatever it is, it's the exact wah that I wanted. I kept it, so I love it. Uh, I could re- really get rid of my, all my pedals, and, and I could stay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I just have the Helix to. on the board. That's it. I mean, everything's gone. Yeah. I I, 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 I narrowed everything down. I have like five or six guitars, like yep. a few amps, and yeah, it simplifies. I don't need all that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hab says, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford a Friedman app. They, they're very expensive. Yes, uh, I, and, and now he's got the BE50 Deluxe out, and I, I heard it at NAMM, and now I want that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I don't know, it's going to be, it's a dream right now to yeah. get that. Uh, EVH Leopard says, sounds great. Uh, last few comments were getting funny in the back of my car, hey, singing some of the lyrics. Randall Fisher says, sorry I'm late, Blimpus videos, rich uh, favorite strings and gauge. So you're nines, you said, right? Uh, no, I'm tens. Oh, tens, right. Um, and I'm endorsed by Diodario. Nice. And my XL's um, wrong. And I use, I think the e- EXL, I have it right here. Oh, here it is. The XL. Okay. EXL 110 10P, regular light gauge. Been using those for years. I love the Diodario. So if you go on, if you go on Diodario's website and go to their artist pages and you go, I don't know if it's under R or A, my last name, I'm on there. I have a page. Nice. On their site. That's, so. that's an accomplishment for sure. And nice. I just, yeah, I just added um, Pedal Snake onto my site. Good. Oh. Jody asked if I can throw it up there. I said, yeah, I don't care. Great. Any company that wants to do something, I'll that's have great. it promote. Well, you know? Welcome to the the uh, Pedalsync family. Nice to have you, man. And that's oh, quite the accomplishment you. for Dario. I love the NYXLs. Um, yep. uh, Richard Henry says, Satch Midnight. Love that. Uh, Franco Shot says, nice. Uh, let me see here. Just going to get down to the very bottom comments, and I'm going to let everybody go. David Ennis says, hi, Eric and Rich. He's jumping in late here, which is always cool. They always jump in late. Never, never a problem. 
Um, I think I've got just about everybody. Uh, Frank Rashad says, yeah, you bet we learn from you guys constantly. And that's that's so nice. It's so nice. Oh, Frank, and that goes to show you right there. He's still here. I know. Well. I know. We're two talking hours for two and hours. he's still here. I know. Thank you so much, Frank. The guy doesn't sleep. He doesn't. <laughs> and I was telling, I uh, I told Sandra here, I said, you know, this Frank man, he's he's on Facebook, you know, for a couple hours before his shift starts. And making sure everybody's okay, wishing like yeah. today he's wishing people going to church today have a great set, you know, a great. Uh, uh, you know. I, I don't know how he does it. I and I and I finally got to meet him at Nam, and he's just that's the way he is. I know, you know it's, it's, it's awesome. Like it's really some people could learn from this, and and sometimes we like, is this real? You pinch yourself. Is this real? Like, am I getting this kind of support and you know dialogue with companies? It's not. It's not very no, common today. No, it's not. Line six is different. Yeah, line six is definitely. I mean, there's a lot of good companies, but they're uh, to me they're. There's the good companies and then they're up here. Yeah. I, um, I guess a way to end it, um, that's why it would inspired me to to start this other show called The Helix Hour starting on March eighteenth. Um, it's changed my life and I want to share my passion for it. And it's not it's not just like a, a fad of the day. It's made me look at guitar a totally different way again. And it's like this is now it, fun. It's early. It's early in its uh development too. I mean they they still have a few years to go yeah. as far as updating it. So it's not like they're gonna come out with the Helix two, you know, no. next month. Yeah, like they said that. Why would we need to? You yeah, know, you don't firmware and there's plenty of power in it that to keep adding. Mm-hmm. And they're coming and as technology gets better, they're learning like how to like what's in there now, how to make that like the programming smaller to add more stuff. Yeah, you know, I agree. How to write um, different algorithms and you know all the technical stuff that I have no idea about, but that's right. Uh, Habs is yeah, saying he it's, uses. It's going to keep growing. Yeah, Habs says he uses NYXLs. Have you tried those yet? Because those are to die for. I, I I mean I can ask them if I yeah. I try them. I'll try anything. Get one set, and, and I'm telling you, I swear. Like I've got um, Rob sent me um, a, a while back. He sent me some Planet Waves cables and some uh, NYXLs. And one of my Wolfgangs, my black PV Wolfgang, I've had those strings on there. Uh, there's no need for me to change them as much in here because I'm not playing out anymore. But it's been five months. And I could pick up that guitar today. And I, I do play a fair amount, at least once a week uh, or a couple times a week. And they sound like brand new strings. And yeah. they take, Maybe I'll try. I have to place an order soon. So Do one set and just, just yeah. try it. They last forever. They're beautiful. But um, uh, I want to remind everybody once again to so grab the links down below. Go to Rich's website and email him from one of the two sites, either the um, Rocker Dad podcast or through his regular site, and uh, he's going to give you a download of the album. Correct? Yes, I, I actually got a, a few already emails. I haven't looked at them yet, but okay, I great. got some con- contact forms. That's in, awesome! So. Wicked. Well, I'm happy to hear if people are hearing that and they're acting on that. That's that's awesome. I hope yep. everyone had a good time today, a nice Sunday afternoon, and then have the rest of the uh, afternoon, if it's afternoon for you with your families. If it's evening, thank you so much for tuning in and catching it. And uh, it was re- a great pleasure to have you here. I know this is something yeah, we've been talking fun. about for a better Definitely. part of a year. Finally. I know. Well, we- like I said, we got to get you on the podcast. I'll get that. We'll get that set up soon. I'll love that. I'll be nervous, but I'll be I'll be happy to come on because <laughs> I don't push. Buttons. I'm always nervous when I'm doing it. Oh, I but know. yeah, check out the RockerDadPodcast.com. Uh, a lot of great interviews on there with uh, like Joel Holkstra from White Snake, yeah. Richie Castellano. You put you line six guys if you yeah. haven't seen it yet. Um, there are some videos up of uh, like it depends on like I'll ask the person that I'm interviewing if they want to have video or not. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't. Some of them do. So when they do. I throw it up on YouTube too. So speaking of which, the show I did a couple nights back with Nita Strauss. Apparently, she didn't get the memo that it was a video interview. So I'm I'm calling her, and I didn't get a test call with this because I usually like just like you and I had a test call at, at one yeah, o'clock yeah. today. I like to have a um, a test call. Make sure lighting's good. Anything could go wrong. 
and right. usually usually does and it's good to work it out in the test call as opposed to live so i called her as a video and then she hung up the call and she messaged me back she says is this video <laughs> and i'm like yeah it's it's a tv show like it's it's called tv right you right. tv and so she i guess she had to get ready so it was real <laughs> real quick and she scrambled and you know everything went well but so uh yeah there's a little confusion there but it's, yeah. it's always cool. So yeah, everyone subscribe. Uh, I saw a couple of people, I saw Quentin James said he subscribed to you already as well too. Yep, just by clicking that. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you cool. so very much. And thank you for participating and actually contacting Rich and getting that record. You will like it. It'll be great. Uh, it'll be great listening for you for sure. I'm just getting some feedback on the show popping up right now, which is good as well too. So I, I, I love hanging out with you guys and girls on uh, Fridays, Sundays, all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee you Rich is going to be back. It was harder to set this up than it is to get a second one. So we'll have you back. We're early in 2018. I'm thinking maybe late spring. Get you. Yeah, on. that's fine. And I'll have I'll make sure the talk box is hooked up there. Okay, that'll time. be great. And this we'll episode. around with that. That'll be fun. I'd love to have you do that. This cool. will be available on iTunes probably later this evening as well too. I just got to do some conversion and it'll be up there as well. So um, if the easiest way, just go to iTunes and just type in EVH gear. It'll be it'll be the first thing that pops up. Or you can go to evhgeardiscussion.com slash iTunes and it'll take you there as well. It's just a redirect as well, however you want to get there. But thank you so very, very much. There's going to be a contest announcement coming up here soon with some Dodario stuff as well. So that's going to be cool. A bunch of other stuff, Line 6 products, Road products, um, everything, some Pedal Snake products, Pedal Snake, uh, um, all kinds of good stuff. So hang on for that as well too. Blimpus Videos uh, says, thanks for a fun Sunday show. Steve Segura, thanks, gentlemen. Uh, on and on, it's awesome. We, uh, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, Rich, don't go anywhere. I'll say goodbye to you off the air. All right, sure. everyone. Thank you so very much. We will see Thank you, you, everybody, very soon. Cheers, everyone. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.